With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Minnesota College School of Management that showed that hungry, malnourished people are more apt to buy practically anything. Now, this could also be related to the way people are marketed to because basically we're told that we're lacking things and that we need to buy more and better to be happy. So when hunger strikes, basically people feel need and lack. So instead of searching for food, they feel the need to buy other things as well. So there was this study that was done at this Carlson School by a woman named Allison Jingju. And in her study, she and the people working with her asked the study group to refrain from eating for four hours. And they split the participants of the group into two groups. One group was given a blind taste test of cakes and their hunger was satisfied. The other group was given no taste test. So when Allison and her colleagues presented both groups with the opportunity to request as many office supply binder clips of all things as they like, the hungry group asked for 70% more of the clips. And those that were already satisfied taste-wise, they didn't ask for many of the clips, hardly any. So basically, the study showed that the unsatisfied hunger causes people to want more things in general whether it's food or not. So in another study, the study group was allowed to shop at a large department store. And when they were through shopping, their purchases were analyzed in relation to their hunger. So the time that the shopper spent in the stores was used as a control to eliminate error. And the researchers found that the hungry shoppers spent 64% more money on average than those who were less hungry. And the hungry shoppers spend more on anything as if they were willing to fill some kind of void. So if you go on a shopping trip with an empty stomach, you could be in deep doo-doo, man. You might be spending more money and buy more stuff than you otherwise would. So why not feed yourself before you go shopping? And if you're hungry and you have to make purchasing decisions, think about it twice. So if the same rules are applied 
to nutritional nourishment, then lack of nutrients could very well be the underlying reason while people long for things, new clothes, new cars, whatever, called malnourishment in the cells of the human body may be at the heart of American consumerism. Then, of course, in this country, we have the dominance of corporations and the culture of consumption that grips people of all ages, which may be the greatest sign that America is more malnourished and hungrier than ever. And the more we buy the empty products, the more we feed the corporate profits as we're starved and hollow, growing hungrier and more depressed, always needing, lacking, and wanting. I mean, it's kind of bizarre, but when you stop to think about it, why not? It could be, it's ridiculous. So what's happening is that, like I said, if you keep people malnourished, in other words, without the proper nutrients, and you keep them hungry, that's going to boost corporate profits. And and this is the problem in this. Look, okay, so food is a natural human right. We know that. Not Not in the sense that the government should be in charge of providing it for the people, but rather that we, the human beings, are endowed with the right and responsibility to either grow it for ourselves and reap the fruits of our labor without interference from governments and corporations. Okay, so that that makes sense. But the modern food supply has been hijacked by an amalgamation, uh, a, a, a combination of both government and private industry, what is more properly known as a fascist state, which increasingly controls what people eat and how they eat it. So the, the crux of this largely state-controlled food supply is an industrial system of monoculture that generates high profits for the fat cats, but that also pollutes the land and the food. So for the average consumer, the fact that the food supply has changed dramatically since the World War II era, industrialization may not be all that apparent. I mean, after all, there's seemingly more food than ever at the big box grocery stores. And if you live in a big city, you can get almost any food you want year-round, which creates an illusion of abundance. But it's not the availability of the food that's the issue. It's the types and the quality of the food available, where it comes from, that tells the real story. You go to a grocery store, most of what's on the shelf of the grocery store contains factory farm ingredients that with every purchase fills the pockets of the multinational corporations. And those same ingredients often come from the crops that are heavily sprayed with pesticides like Roundup, which contains glyphosate, 
that pollutes the environment and leaves traces of poison in the final product, whether it's bread, cereals, pastry, conventional fruits, or vegetables. The GMOs, which are corporate-owned, are duly problematic. So no matter what methods are used, agriculture always has some impact on the environment. But industrial agriculture, that is a special case because it damages the soil, it pollutes the water, and even the climate on an unprecedented scale. So this intensive monoculture depletes the soil and leaves it vulnerable to erosion. You got the chemical fertilizer runoffs. You got the concentrated animal feeding operation wastes, which creates oxygen-deprived dead zones at the mouth of the major waterways. And then you got the herbicides and the insecticides that harm the wildlife and compose and can pose human health risks as well. So according to data made available by the Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service, nearly, this, this, you better sit down for this, nearly all conventional soybeans, corn, and cotton in the U.S. grown today is genetically modified. Back in 2014, the U.S. soybean acreage was 94% GMO, while cotton was 91% GMO, and corn was 89% GMO. Then the Institute for Responsible Technology reported, according to 2010 data, 2010, that GMO sugar beets represent 95% of all domestic sugar beets currently grown, while GMO canola represents 90% of all canola. Well, canola, whether it's organic, which is a joke, can never be organic because originally canola, which stands for Canadian oil, was rapeseed. Rapeseed's function originally was an industrial solvent until Canada decided, hey, we could sell this as a vegetable oil and we can make a lot of money. So they take an industrial solvent and they modify it. Gee, I wonder where that word came from. They genetically modify it and now you walk into a health food store and they're very proud because they sell organic canola oil. There ain't no such thing. Trust me. You don't want to touch canola oil with a 10-foot pole. Actually, you don't want to touch it with a 100-foot pole. So these, these various food derivatives made from each of those stable crops are used to create a bulk of the processed foods that are sold to you and me today. Everything from soy lecithin, which is added to almost every single processed food on the market, every bit of chocolate, 
to soybean oil, canola oil, sugar, corn syrup, corn starch, and everything in between is quietly added to your favorite crackers, cereals, cookies, dips, sauces, beverages, and desserts. And besides the many health risks associated with GMOs, which, I mean, which are fully outlined in the Earth Open Source GMO Myths and Truths Report, the chemicals used to grow GMOs are extremely toxic. And an example of this, besides the Roundup, is the neonicotinoids, which is a class of pesticides that has been linked to causing colony collapse disorder in the bee colonies. Now, this is serious business because the USDA estimates that up to one-third of our entire diet is reliant upon bees and or other pollinators, which necessitate the production of a substantial amount of our food supply. So a lot of the fruits, a lot of the vegetables, including things like apples, oranges, strawberries, onions, carrots, requires bees in order to grow. But the use of chemicals like the neonicotinoids, which are applied to both genetically modified and conventional crops, but not organic crops, are destroying the populations. Since 2004, more than one million beehives have collapsed in the United States as a result of the neonicotinoids. And this is the result of the crop chemical use. So if governments in the European Union, if governments in the U.S., if governments in other countries fail to impose a total ban on certain chemical insecticides, not only bees could become a thing of the past, the human species could face staggering new challenges merely to survive. So the threat comes from the widespread proliferation of commercial insecticides containing highly toxic chemicals with the improbable name neonicotinoids. But do you see that happening? Do you see the care of the people proliferating? No. Why? Because it's all about money. It's all about the big corporations. It's all of, if you if you take a look and see who supports people running for political office, these are all the people that are polluting the food supply. And this is what we're up against. Then we have America's legacy media companies, which have been hemorrhaging viewers and readers for years. They decided that since they can't compete with the new alternative media, with a superior product or win ideological debates, they are going to have to resort to brainwashing the public into loyal compliance. 
<laughs> so you gotta love it. I mean, it's like 1984, you know. So Reuters made a report, and they found that the TV networks were employing technology that essentially reads the viewers' minds in order to understand what programs and what commercials they like to watch. And can you can you imagine that okay, so here this is what they this is what Ruder said. Comcast Corporation, NBC Universal and Biocom Inc. are each opening labs where they will study TV viewers in mock living rooms filled with infrared cameras tracking their biometrics. Such things as eye movements and facial reactions made while hooked up to skin sensors and heart monitors. Viacom's lab, which is being built in New York, will include electroencephalograms to monitor people's brain waves while watching TV. And ratings from Nielsen Holdings, which just bought the neuroscience firm Interscope Research, is adding facial coding and biometric to its lab, which currently conducts eye tracking and performs the electroencephalograms. So this is the latest attempt by the mass mainstream media to manipulate and exploit the public for profit and gain rather than offer a better product that the consumer just naturally wants. So this effort is the step up in technology because before data was primarily based on surveys and asking viewers to turn dials in response to what they like and they don't like. But with Viacom's new lab, the media giant will literally be able to see how its TV programming affects the viewer's brain functions, allowing the media corporations to fine-tune their programming to elicit specific emotional responses or thought processes in consumers. So the problem is that when you ask someone how they respond to things, they sometimes think about it or they overthink it, right? This is the closest to what's going on inside your brain. But the latest TV viewing technology includes streaming and the ability to record programming so that later the viewers can fast forward through the advertising. So therefore, the marketers are increasingly shifting ad dollars away from TV in favor of digital platforms. So what's the result of that? The networks are attempting to utilize neuroscience and biometrics as a way to target ads to better improve the relations with the advertisers while generating better responses from the viewers. <laughs> in other words, in God we trust, all others pay cash. So the experience of the Ad Council, which is a New York-based organization that creates ad campaigns for nonprofits and government agencies, 
They show how biometrics could help boost response from viewers. And it has worked with Nielsen Neuroscience to test some of its ads. Okay? So this is what's happening. So in one of their ad sets for the Shelter Pet Project, which is a program that promotes the adoption of pets from local animal shelters, the viewers were engaged by looking at a mixed breed dog, playing with the screen, and appearing to reach out to to the viewers. But the part of the viewer's brain that triggered memory were not firing when the when the advert asked them to contact shelterproject.org as it appeared on the screen. So the ad council tweaked the ad a little bit by adding audio that encouraged the viewers to visit the project's website. Now, it may not be known just how much that tweak changed the results, but the ad council reported overall success over its entire campaign seeing visitors to the website increase by 100,000 within the first three months. <laughs> so in January of 2013, the Daily Cost reported that a very well-sourced Gonzaga University master's degree thesis filed a year earlier found that the American corporate media conglomerate in collusion with the government, had formed an oligopolistic entity whose sole purpose was to manipulate the population into accepting undemocratic corporate control over their lives. <laughs> Back in 1983, okay, 1983, Control the vast majority of all news media in the United States. Today, ownership of the news media has been concentrated in the hands of six powerful media corporations, including General Electric, News Corporation, Disney, Viacom. CBS, and Time Warner. That, can you believe it? From 50 down to 6. So you think that there's any manipulation going on? Do you think that people are trying to get stuff away from you? Do you think that people, including the government, are trying to make you see things a certain way? to fall into a particular line, to not think individually or objectively. It's happening, man. It's, it's happening. And then we got this thing, you know what, uh, there's a rebate, right, over, over reform of U.S. immigration laws. And it's a debate that's never been settled because reforms that have never been adopted. So there's, there's some guy that, that said that in, in, in some kind of editorial advocating open borders, and it admonished the paper's position 
in the context as it pertains to the existence of general federal entitlement programs. So it's just obvious you can't have free immigration and a welfare state. But nearly a decade after that debate really started raging, there are too many advocates holding elected offices all around the country who have completely disregarded this guy's observation. In fact, they have not only discounted it, they've doubled down on policies that exaggerate the very problem that the guy pointed out and always to the detriment of the taxpayer. And nowhere is this truer than in the state of California, the home to the country's largest illegal immigrant population. Now, while much of California's revenue comes from its massive agriculture industry, migrant workers are most often employed at the California farms. And they are provided an abundance of social welfare benefits that the state's taxpayers and the federal taxpayers are forced to subsidize. <laughs> so there was this report on Fox News that said over half the illegal immigrants in California earn income so low that they would be eligible for the state Medicare system just as California is about to extend health insurance to children in the country illegally. <laughs> so according to the Nonpartisan Public Policy Institute of California, if the California legislature, which is dominated by Democrats, and its Democratic Governor Jerry Brown, decide to extend the program to include every illegal alien, then more than half, 51%, would qualify for benefits. Furthermore, the Policy Institute study estimates there are some 2.6 million illegals living in California, meaning that 1.4 million, that's a 51%, would qualify for welfare. So already the critics of the state's tax immigration enforcement and sanctuary sites policies that are, are uh, sanctuary cities um, they, they, it's just another way that California lawmakers are guilty of self-inflicted costs in a state that has a long history of going broke. And this is a consequence of policies that California has implemented over many years and has induced a lot of people to settle in California that are going to rely heavily on government services. So the transfer state redistributes funds from those with high skill and high income levels to those with lower skill levels. 
So the low-skill immigrants become natural recipients in the process. So on average, the low-skill immigrant family receives a little over $30,000 a year in government benefits and services while paying a little over 10000 in taxes. That creates a net deficit, a fiscal deficit of about $20,000 that has to be paid by the higher income taxpayer. I mean, it's the way it works. So California is struggling with his budget issues. Even though they recently improved their monetary system through heavy tax increases. <laughs> so some estimates have the state owing, have California owing between $500 million and nearly $1 trillion in unfunded liabilities and a couple of billion dollars in pensions promised to state workers who retire. Do you, do you think they can afford that? So what does the Democratic majority do? They double down on their stupidity by offering another generous taxpayer-supported benefit, but this time to individuals who don't even have a legal right to be in the country, much less the right to benefit paid by the citizens. You can't have a generous welfare state with unlimited legal immigration because you're going to wind up with a never-ending stream of them with all the hands reaching out and saying, give me more, baby, give me more, give me more. So do you understand? We got an election coming up next year, man. I think it's time for change. We've been getting pushed by the Democrats for how many friggin' years? It's time, man. Gotta, you know, I always said people, when they run for politics, they shouldn't run with a label. They shouldn't be Democrats and they shouldn't be Republicans and they shouldn't be independents and they shouldn't be um, libertarians. They should just run as people that have ideas on how they want to help other people. And the people that put these people into office should see what these people want to do. And if they like what these people want to do, then they should vote for them. But that's not the way it works. Hawaii, for example, has been democratic for years and years and years. Yet there is so much corruption where the politicians and the big businesses, they thrive monetarily. And the people get screwed, blued, and tattooed. And yet, year after year after year, all the Democrats prevail. That's because, I hate to say this, people in Hawaii are dumb, down, and totally clueless. And they just follow the, they just follow the stream by what they're told to do. We got a governor and a mayor in this place. God, these, these guys are one can short of a six-pack. Terrible. I, I don't want to... I, I'm sure you got your own problem. So, we and millions of Americans already believe that 
a lot of the federal officials are either criminals or people who engage in what would be considered criminal behavior if a private citizen were to do the same thing, right? So what's happening is that Obama is set to put pen to an executive order that would actually place convicted criminals in the federal workforce that we would pay for with our taxes. So in recent days, Obama doing his best to continue transforming America right up to his last day in office, more than a year from now, signed an order that forbids government agencies from inquiring about the criminal history of any applicant, effectively hiding past criminal convictions and behavior from the agency, from the staff, and from the American people putting the bill. (laughs) So the Democrats have decided to give goodies to their most natural constituency of all, the criminals. And according to the Associated Press, Obama will announce executive orders attempting to prevent screening for prior criminality in government hiring. (laughs) It's called Ban the Box. That's what it's called. That's the initiative. Ban the Box. Those are the words that are used by Obama to describe the program that will prevent the federal agencies from asking about criminal history until later in the interview process. (laughs) And as expected, all of the candidates for the Democratic presidential nomination, um, you know, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Martin O'Malley, they have all jumped on the bandwagon and paid their obeisances for the approval of that effort. So the box, the ban, the box, is the checkbox on federal job applications indicating whether applicants have ever been convicted of a crime. So lost in all of this is the fact that we'll there will be major costs involved in changing paper applications to reflect the new policy and changing government application websites like the usajobs.gov to remove the box. And nobody ever talks about this aspect of the policy change, though. So in addition to allowing convicted criminals access to federal employment, Obama says he also wants to move to prevent public housing, again paid by us, the taxpayer, from hampering efforts by convicted criminals to gain access to those subsidies as well. Did you, you, if you're in the U.S., did you get to vote on this? Did your representative in Congress get to vote on this? No, you didn't, and they didn't. Obama just thought it up and did it, regardless of what you think, even if you oppose it or what your your congressional representative thinks. So in short, we all get to hire unhirable employees with criminal backgrounds and subsidize those who wouldn't be able to find housing because they committed crimes. 
So all of this represents the latest in a string of attempts by the Democrats to reach out to those at odds with law enforcement. Last summer, you're going to love this, Obama visits a federal prison. And when he was there, he told the prisoners that as a former user of marijuana and cocaine, she could have ended up in prison too. And he says, these are young people who made mistakes that aren't that different from the mistakes I made. The difference is they did not have the support structure, the second chances, and the resources that would allow them to survive these mistakes. Like I said, man, in God we trust, all others pay cash. So Obama fancies himself as some sort of a revolutionary on the issue, giving second chances to people who he intimates have somehow been treated unfairly by the justice system. But the fact is that those who have been jailed for drug crimes or any other crime were provided a lawyer if they couldn't afford one. They were given an opportunity to prove, to prove their innocence at trial, and they were provided with a jury that heard the facts of the cases. They weren't treated unfairly. They were treated to the very justice system Obama claims to cherish and uphold. What's unfair about that? Furthermore, his actions ignore the very real consequences of drug-related criminal activity, like the death of countless individuals and the destruction of the inner-city neighborhoods, and with them any opportunities for the young people living there to have a decent, better shot at a better life. So part of the reason that the criminal histories follow criminal convictions is because they're supposed to serve as a deterrent to engaging in criminal activity to begin with. And insofar as that works, I mean, my God, look, the, 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 the rate remains high, 68% of criminals recommit crimes within three years, and 77% of them do it within five years. But, of course, Obama wants us to ignore that. So what's the next step? The next step is that Obama will be pushing a convicted criminals the right to vote, thereby removing yet another deterrent to criminal activity and putting into office the people that the mainstream guys want to be in office. <laughs> Do you understand? Really? So how, why, how does all this affect us health-wise? What, what is the point? Well, understand, let's, let's just get down to the basics. Nearly 60% of all the U.S. adults are taking prescription drugs. And this was a study that was conducted by researchers from Harvard University and published in the Journal of the American Moron Association. In 1999, the number was 51%. 2011 was 59%. So what we're looking at now is 60% of 
of all U.S. adults taking prescription drugs. The number of people taking numerous prescription drugs also increased during that period as well. In 1999, only 8.2% were taking five or more prescription drugs at one time. Now, 15%. And where? Among older adults, 65 and older. And the same adults in this group, 39% take five or more prescription drugs at the same time. 39%. And this was done on a nationwide survey of more than 37,000 people. So the rise in prescription drugs, the use of prescription drugs, can't be fully explained by an aging population. Instead, the suggestion that the rising obesity rates might be largely to blame. And more than two-thirds of the U.S. population is now considered overweight or obese. So the most widely prescribed drugs are those related to obesity. Cholesterol-lowering statins are the most widely prescribed, followed by blood pressure drugs. Yet, other studies confirm that in spite of ballooning obesity rates, statins were widely overused. And because of the strong ability to lower blood levels of cholesterol, statins were immediately viewed as a miracle drug by the medical establishment. So in the decades since their adoption, the threshold for statin prescriptions has been steadily lowered. Back in 2014, the United Kingdom's new statin use guidelines were so broad that if applied, they would put 40% of the British adults on the drug. So studies are now showing that while they do lower cholesterol, statins do not actually lower the risk of dying from heart-related disease. And some studies suggested that the drugs might actually raise the risk of heart disease. So then there was a study that was published in the Expert Review of Clinical Pharmacology earlier this year, that the benefits of statins have been dramatically exaggerated and the risk downplayed. The drugs have failed to substantially improve cardiovascular outcomes, and the adverse effects suffered by people taking statins are more common than reported in the media and at the medical conferences. Increased rates of cancer, Increased rates of cataracts, diabetes, thinking impairments, uh, musculoskeletal disorders. I mean, it goes on and on and on, and it offsets the modest cardiovascular benefits of statin treatments. So the inclusion of cognitive impairment, brain function, thinking ability on the list is not a minor point. Between 2004 and 2014, more than 36,000 cases of brain dysfunction were reported to the FDA's Adverse Events Database in regards to statin use. And those, those adverse events included confusion, depression, disorientation, cases of global amnesia, paranoia, memory impairment, and dementia. 
And no wonder the body's highest concentration of cholesterol are found in the brain. The other top drugs in the U.S. are also notorious for their overuse. You got the antidepressants and you got the proton pump inhibitors. And in the 2010 analysis in the Journal of the American Moron Association, the antidepressants do not outperform placebos and are significantly less effective at alleviating depression and talk therapy. And at the same time, many of them actually increase a patient's risk of suicide. Then the proton pump inhibitors, which are meant for the treatment of severe gastroesophageal reflux disease, are instead being prescribed widely for simple acid reflux. I mean, this is crazy. This is crazy, you know? And then they found that one class of prescription drug became less popular since 1999, and that was the female hormone replacement therapy, which has definitely been shown to increase a woman's risk of cancer, heart disease, and early death. So the question is, the question is, why? <laughs> why, why are we such an unhealthy nation, the United States, why? And why are we never told what to do about reversing our illnesses and our poor state of health by a simple change of diet. What, does anyone have a clue? Yeah, because if you change your diet and you go plant-based and you go organic, you affect, you have a negative effect on the profitability of the medical doctors. You have an adverse effect on the profitability of the vaccine industries. You have a negative effect on the profitability of the National Grocers Association. You have a negative effect on the profitability of the industry that raises animals for food consumption. You have a negative effect on the Dairy Association, which sells you nothing more than liquid fat because the Fraud and Drug Administration banned raw organic milk because it was too beneficial to the health of people because of all the nutrients in it. So that's why all milk is pasteurized and homogenized to make sure that you get no nutrients. And of course, you have the bovine growth hormone that Monsanto has lovingly added to the cow's diet to make them produce more milk, which is really good. So the reason why you are kept in the state of ill health is because of profits to all the companies that benefit from your illness. No, it's ridiculous. It's crazy, you know? It, it's like, I mean, look, I've said this so many times, week after week, year after year, it's ridiculous. 
I'm 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 a guy. I'm a normal guy. I was born in Newark, so you know I'm from something supernatural. Okay, I was born in Newark, New Jersey, and being conditioned as a young kid, I grew up eating anything that had a face in the mother six days a week, except for Fridays when my mother used to make everything with eggs and dairy. So I grew up, didn't know I had skin on my face because I could not see the skin through all the zits that I had. I had more allergies than Bayer had aspirin, and I had asthma really bad. Yet I survived. And I, I was hoping I could get a T-shirt made up that said, if I can survive Newark, I can survive anywhere. So I was conditioned as a guy, as a little kid, to eat what my parents put in front of me, which they became conditioned by their parents and back and back and back. So I grew up thinking, yeah, okay, well, my favorite was hamburgers and meatballs. I didn't like anything else. You give me a hamburger, I was happier than the pig in doo-doo. And you give me french fries. Yeah, hey, what did I know? You know, I was conditioned. So life went on and I got married and it was the same thing. That's all we ate. You know, maybe you'd have a little bit of salad. Maybe you'd have a side order of peas and carrots. But, you know, for the most part, it was everything that had a face and a mother. This is what we ate. Well, I took a walk on the wild side in 1975, and on the whim of the, the lady I was living with, I became a vegetarian. And I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what to do, but I figured, well, let's see what happens. And two days later, she splits with another guy, and I'm living in Aspen. It's January of 1975. I'm a vegetarian. I don't know what to do. I thought brown rice was white rice with food coloring on it. I, I, you know, what do I do? So I'm walking down Front Street, down the main street, and there's a little restaurant called The Little Kitchen. They're a vegetarian restaurant. So I walk in and I tell the people that I just became vegetarian. And I don't know what that means, but I want to I wanna learn about it. And I had just gotten fired from the Aspen Ski Corporation because I was letting my hair grow long. And they didn't want hippies on their payroll. So I, I, so they said, I said, if, if you would teach me about vegetarianism, then I, you know, I could, I could wash your dishes and take out your trash and stuff. And they said, okay. And everything was cool. And then about a day later, they said, what's your story? Everybody's got a story. So I told them that I got fired from the accounting department of the Aspen Skiing Corporation. And they said, well, well, can we add on to the deal? And I said, sure. What do you want to do? She says, well, since you have an accounting background, would you do our tax return and we'll feed you breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And I said, you got a great deal because here I am. I just got fired in January or whenever it was in 1975. Actually, it was the beginning of March. And I said, okay, it's the middle of winter. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How, you know, 
So I'm, I'm doing their tax return. I'm taking out their trash. I'm washing their dishes. And I am eating some of the most delicious food that I've ever eaten in my life. And I am going to the bathroom like crazy. You know, I used to go to the bathroom maybe once every couple of days. And I had to, you know, I'd, I would look kind of oriental because I'd have to squeeze my eyes so hard to get the doo-doo out. Anyway, so this guy says to me, you know, you'd have a better chance if you would move to Maui. I said, what? He says, yeah, you'd have a better chance to move to Maui. I said, what's Maui? He said, no, it's not what's Maui. It's where's Maui. I said, okay, where's Maui? He said, it's in Hawaii. So I pick up this book written by a guy named Fodor, Fodor's Hawaii, and it says that in Lahaina on Maui, a little vegetarian restaurant called Mr. Natural. So to make this long, long story shorter, I wound up in Lahaina at Mr. Natural's in June of 1975, and I want to work part-time at Mr. Natural's, and the guy said, no, we're pretty full. So while living in Lahaina, on the street, whatever, I got picked up by these two girls, and they thought I was a local, and they asked me to show them around, and I, they wanted to take me out to dinner, and they took me to Mr. Natural's for dinner, and one of the girls connected with the owner of Mr. Natural's, and they dated for like 10 days for as long as the girl was there. So I said to the girl, can you do me a favor? And you asked the guy if he would hire me. But she was leaving, and they were fearful and all that stuff. And the guy says, yes, I will do that for you. So I got hired by Mr. Natural, and I started learning firsthand. I mean, and then it just escalated and escalated. So we all have to make a choice. People out there who want your money make money off of you by keeping you sick. That's how they do it. The Grocery Manufacturers Association, Monsanto, pharmaceutical industry, the medical doctors, they do not want you to be well because if you're well, you will not use your medical services, you will not buy their drugs, you will refrain from eating GMOs, and you will not eat conventional produce. That's if you have a brain. So you got to take responsibility because they're doing the best they can to keep, keep you sick and they're doing a really, really good job of it. So why don't you come one of your guys that says, the hell with you, I don't want to be part of this anymore. Seriously, take a chance. This is what I do. Oh yeah, if you go back listen to my other show, that's posted on AVR that I do in Hawaii. I'm doing a series on how to stop eating cancer. You need to listen to that as well. And I think I'm almost out of time. And uh, I really love George Harrison. I really became addicted to his song, My Sweet Lord, because it's just applicable for everybody. So I'll be back next week, God willing. And uh, we'll try to have a little bit more insight into things that can propel us to go in another direction. And before, if I have a minute left, my website, www.healthtalkhawaii.com, 
D-A-L-K Talk Hawaii dot com and www.asaindiet.com On Health Talk Hawaii there's hundreds of radio shows and hundreds of health related articles and on the same diet you can read about the book that I wrote called A Saint Diet for an Insane World and above everything else you guys need to start taking sulfur because it'll reduce and reverse just about everything that's wrong with you. So, until next week, I wish you all well and uh, aloha. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net. www.lamarzuli.net. These are the Days of Chaos.
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Tuesday, December 8th, 2015. It is about seven minutes after noon Pacific time, if that's all true where you're at. We are live, which means you can participate in this show. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. 800-932-1980. We'll get you on the air. You can also participate by going to our chat room, which is located at our website, theamericanvoice.com, or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. You click on that. You go in there. You can participate in the show. I'll see your questions or comments. Uh, you don't have to participate, though. You can just uh you know, chat with the other people in there. There's a few people in there now, several people. And, uh, you know, you can chat with them. Or you can contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. Put that in there, and that'll be me. And you'll be chatting directly to me. Which, of course, I can bring your comments onto the air if you want, or not, if you'd prefer not to. Anyhow, as I said, it is Tuesday. And that means we got Al from Colorado here for the lightning round. Welcome, Al. Yes, well, the Donald is at it again, and I agree with him 100%. He should shut the borders down to everybody. No more immigration for anybody, Frank. Well, it's, you know, and he didn't just say that, Al. You know, I mean, I, I've been watching this like that dim-witted moron that is the mayor of St. Petersburg, Florida. He wants to ban Donald Trump from his city. Try it, jackass. You know, I mean, really. You, you know, these, these people are, you know, they, they complain, well, what Donald Trump did, you, get? you, you know, this is so wrong and uh, Islamophobic and everything else, but I'm banning him. It's okay for us to do this, but not you. And Donald yeah, Trump didn't yeah. just say, close the borders and basically keep them shut forever and that's it. He said, close them until we figure out, you know, what the heck's going on? How do we control this? But well, the know, first thing to do is to stop it right now. Okay, listen, Al. Let's say you get your uh, your femoral artery in your leg cut open and you're bleeding out, right? Yeah. Obviously, that needs to be fixed, right? Yeah. But first, Al, before you think about fixing anything, you, you got to stop, stop the bleeding, the bleeding right? right? You know, I mean, this is a simple, this is not rocket science. Look, if you if you sit there thinking about, gee, wonder what I should do about this. I wonder how I can fix this femoral artery. Gee, I wonder, oh, well, your wondering's over because you're dead already. That's right. You got to right. stop well, the bleeding. And that's what Trump is talking about. Stopping the bleeding. Putting a tourniquet on this until we can get to fix this problem and find out, all right, look, what kind of rules do we got to have? What kind of checks do we have to have? What kind of stipulations do we need to make in order for you to be allowed to come here legally? Yeah, and the alleged shooters weren't even on any list. 
okay? The two alleged shooters, and the reason I say alleged is yeah. because a witness at the scene of the shooting said she saw three tall white men, and all of a sudden yeah, we've got a Muslim a, yeah. and, a, and a small and a small woman yeah, there, who was, three and, white men, Frank. Yeah, yeah, now, what's wrong with the... Who was this witness? Some black girl? I don't know, Frank. I have no girl. idea. Yes, I it was. Yes, it Pardon? was a black girl. Oh, really? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Well, no, let me put it to you this way, Frank. Something still smells about this whole system. They well, lost them for four hours. Look, even if they were real Muslims, real terrorists, real ISIS, real everything, and they really shot those people and it really all happened, you know, it still stinks bad, Al, because then what? what's the first thing? Here comes Obama to try to take advantage of these people's yeah. supposed deaths. If they really did die, if I was the families, I'd be pretty pissed off at the scumbag in the White House. Well, well I heard about his so-called 13-minute speeches when he cast uh, the first thing he has to do is take our uh, boomers away from us. Yeah. Yeah, and oh. Didn't and talk now, about anything about tightening up the, the, uh, uh, the immigration uh, restrictions or any of that other stuff or, or securing the borders. Oh, no. Yeah, or maybe stop shipping Muslims over here in boats and planes. Yeah, and, and putting them on welfare so Joe Lunchbucket can pay for them? Yeah, well, you know, and this is so, you know, the thing is, look, what Trump is saying is this has gotten completely out of control. And he's right. Yeah. And everybody knows it. And the only way to stop something that is completely out of control is to stop. You've got to stop. Okay, that's it. And then you can figure out, all right. What are we doing? Okay, Al, let's say, uh, forget the tourniquet and the bleeding out. You're driving down the highway. You're going 100 miles an hour, right? Yeah. But you're lost. And you got a map, but you can't really read a map while you're going 100 miles an hour. So what do you do, Al? Just go fast? You got to slow the car down, stop it, and pull over to the side and read the map, Frank. You mean you don't just go faster? No, you don't just go faster, Frank. Oh, well, no. gee, that's what Obama wants to do. He just wants to just go faster. You know, we're lost. We don't know where we are. I got a map here, but I can't read it. Let's go faster. You know, no, you got to stop. Read the map. Figure out, okay, where do I need to go? See, it doesn't, it doesn't do any good to go 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction, does it? No, you're just getting further away from where you were supposed to be. You know. Uh, now, Frank, somebody I'm in the chat you. room, hey, somebody in the chat room is saying there were two witnesses, one white and one black. But, listen, if there's a black involved, I'm sorry, I don't trust them. Because there's a lot of wiggers out there that will say, oh, yeah, I want to be, I, I'm identifying black today. You know, and I'm sorry. Oh, like that girl. You know, that after, girl, yeah, that's you girl. know what, after seven years of Obama, the black community might not like hearing this, but I don't trust you anymore. You got a long oh. way to go to make up for this seven years of that piece of garbage in the White House. And his oh. little minions, too, like Lynch running the lynch mob at the Justice oh, Department. Oh, Loretta Lynch. Jarrett, uh, Loretta, yeah, Loretta Lynch, what's her face? Yeah, let's, let's lynch the mob. Loretta Lynch the mob, yeah. You know, and then you got Valerie Jarrett, his trusted Iranian. Oh, that Iranian piece of garbage. Another Iranian, another Muslim in there. You know, and then Eric Holder before that. I'm sorry, guess what? 
after seven years of Obama, I don't trust the black community anymore. Well, you know what? It's not the black community. When Barry has a book that says, I will stand with the Muslims before I stand with the Americans, Barry shouldn't have never been in there in the first place. Well, of course not. But, you know, and hey, I'm not saying deport all the blacks. I'm saying I don't trust them. And after seven years of Obama, listen, if the black community can say, well, you owe us this, and we're upset about that because 250 years ago... Oh, yeah, reparations from the Civil know, War. Well, we weren't around in the Civil War, know, Frank, so dude, find your money somewhere else. Al, I'm still, I'm still trying to get over what happened 250 years ago. Okay, well, then I'm going to have to take some time getting over what's happened the last seven years. Okay? Yeah, so no kidding. Until, until that, uh, the black community's got a long way to go for me to ever trust them again. Because you know what they've shown? They've shown the second they get any power, what do they do? They jump well, in look there who you've and got, take Look who you've got representing the black community. Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and Louis Farrakhan, who is a Muslim. Well, yeah, and, and hey. I mean, come on, Frank. I mean, let's, let's call, uh, I'm sorry this is not meant to be racist, but let's call a spade a spade, well, Frank. Look, okay, so, you know, here's the thing. I'm sure there's some people out there that claim to be Muslim that don't want to kill anybody, that really aren't following the Koran or anything like that. They yeah, identify yeah. as Muslim. And there's blacks out there that they don't believe what Jesse Jackson says, and they're not on board with Al Sharpton. But you know what? They're sitting there quietly, letting their little gangbanger, gutter trash niggers run the whole show. Well, and, hey, Frank, you know what? Is... If that's the case, then, and you want to identify as black community, then you are got to take those people on as your leaders. And if that's the case, I will never trust you again, as far as I can well, tell. Frank, how do you, how do you um, separate the good black people from the N-word, Frank? How do you separate them, Frank? Because I'm sure there are plenty of good black people okay, out there. Okay, here's how it goes with me. If I meet you and you turn out to be a decent man or woman, then I don't care what color your skin is. I agree. But if I don't know you and I see your skin is black, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm marking you off as a nigger until you prove me wrong. I'm not taking mm -hmm. any chances anymore, Al. So you're, you're not even letting the actions speak uh, louder than the words even, Frank, if I understand you. If you've you, got Frank. any actions, yeah. But if I just see you and I don't know you and I don't ha you don't have any actions, I'm counting you as a nigger. Sorry. Until you prove me by your actions that you're not, you are. I'm not taking any chances anymore. I don't mm -hmm. trust them, all right, because they act like a pack of wild dogs. Yeah, it's okay. it's okay, Al, when they're by themselves. Everything's nice and sweet and getting along. But yeah. you get a group of them together. Oh, you get a group of them together and they start doing a flash mob and going in and ruin, yeah. ruining stores and robbing stores? So Those are N-words, Frank. So you yeah. see, Al, I'm not taking I any I know the difference between them, Frank. Yes, I'm I not taking any chances anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to be, hey, I don't care what color your skin is. Uh, if you're a jerk, then you'll be a jerk. I'm I, now after seven years of Obama. I'm sorry. No, you're a jerk until you prove you're not. Because after seven years of Obama, the black community has shown themselves to be a bunch of scumbags. All of them. And hey, if you don't like that, start proving me wrong. 
start stepping out, start speaking up against Jesse Jackson, against Al Sharpton, yeah, right. against yeah, the right. president in the White House. Put, yeah, put all three of them in jail and Farrakhan, too. You know, stop following these people then. You know, I, I mean, hey, I've got the same gripe with Christians, okay? You know, you've got these... Well, the Christian not, community is a bunch of, a bunch of uh, brainwashed idiots... And they go to church, and these are the same Christians who give all these phony uh, millions or billions of dollars to these phony uh, 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 preachers on TV. Well, I mean, look, yeah, that's the whole thing. See, I am a Christian myself, and I am disgusted by the general Christian community. Okay, because you know what? Look at who they're following. Joel Olstein. Oh, God, help us. These serial uh, molesters and cheaters and homosexuals like the one in Colorado. and I, I mean, gosh, the list oh, goes on swagger, and yeah. on and on. And even if they haven't been caught doing something, look at what they're teaching, like Rick Warren and these other people. you got to be kidding me. Oh, these, it's all you know, garbage. I don't want to have anything to do with, quote, religion, end quote. Well, religion not, is nothing but a mind control device for the church to make more and more of uh, Mrs. Yellen's toilet paper, because that's what it's about. Well, Take the money out of it, Frank, and it'll all you collapse. See, you see, you're doing the same thing I'm doing. You're saying religion. Okay, fine. Until religion, you know, because somebody can say, yeah, I'm religious, and then they can show you that, hey... I follow the Bible, I live by what I believe, and you go, well, geez, you know, what do you got bad to say about somebody like that? Nothing. But, overall, you look at the majority and you got to say, hey, sorry, until you prove that you're not a piece of garbage, I'm counting you as a piece of garbage, because you've disappointed me for so long. Then I'm sorry, I'm not taking any oh, more chances Oh, I, I agree. You. The, uh, once you, Frank... If you lose my trust and you do something, you told me you're going to do something, you don't do what you said, or you, uh, you caused me to lose my trust in you, it's very difficult for me to get my trust back. Well, and, and, and I would think the same would be of you, too. Well, sure, and you've got to, and it's not impossible, but you've got to do things. You've got to show, hey, I made a mistake, this was wrong, I can make it up. I can be a good person, I can be, uh, you know, reasonable, I can do these things, I can be trustworthy, but you got to show... Well, the so-called good Muslim community needs, needs to come out and start screaming against their so-called radicalized brothers. Well, I got bad news for you, Al. There is... Uh, no they're not going to do it, is what I you're got, telling me. No, I got bad news for you, because there's no such thing as moderate Muslim, Okay. You've either got Muslims or you got people pretending to be Muslims because if they're moderate, they're not Muslims because they're not following their Koran. Well, their Koran says kill everybody but them, right? Yeah, that's right, Al. And, well, and, then you know. guess what? Then we get rid of all of them, Frank. I mean, you've only got, a, what, one point something billion of them to get rid of, but that's what you've got to do then. Well, and Al, I, you know, I've said this for a couple of years now. But what I see happening, okay, can you think of any good reason? Now, forget the fact that they're even being brought to the United States, all right? Oh, which they shouldn't be in the no, first place. No, they shouldn't be. But, so you take these desert-dwelling people, right? And you yeah. say, oh, you poor things, we're going to bring you to the United States, right? And we're going to give you free money and free everything, and I'll pay for it all. And, uh, you know. And Frank, too, yeah. Yeah. And, and where are we going to put you desert-dwelling people? 
Minnesota? Maine? Are you kidding me? Why would you well, what do, do you mean? something What's his like name? that? Uh, there's a suburb of, of Detroit called Hamtramck, and it's 99% Muslim now. Yeah, and guess what? It gets real cold in Michigan. Yeah. Why would you put desert dwellers in these places? I'll tell you why, Al. To put them out of their element, to make them uncomfortable, to put them in a community that they do not fit in. So, That's why right. would you do all this? Hmm, let's see. And they don't want to assimilate, Frank. No, no they, they don't, don't want to assimilate. They don't, they don't want they to learn can't. the language. But the thing is, why would you do these things? I think well, this is Barry and the uh, this is the uh, the so-called powers that be. Yeah, but Al, they want to bring the Al, they want to bring the country down, yeah, Frank. But Al, why not settle them in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where it's warm and desert-like? What they're using because them Albuquerque for. doesn't want them. Probably. No, that's not true. New Mexico is about as liberal as any place on this in this in this. Well, country. let them go to San Francisco and California. My then, point, Frank. That's a good. My point, Al, is I think. Because, look, not only are the Muslims never going to assimilate into American culture, they're never going to assimilate into the New World Order either, okay? Mm -hmm. Unless they're the New World Order and everybody's under Sharia law, they're not going to go along with anything. They're not going to well, go yeah. along with the banking system because they will not pay usury. They're not going to go along with Christianity because they hate Christianity. They're not going to go along with democracy because they don't believe in that. It's not part of their religion. They're not going to go along with the New World Order. Now, how do the New World Order boys generally... Well, then the New World Order boys are going to have to get rid of them then, aren't they, the uh... New World Order boys? Yes. Then let the New World Order boys get rid of them and leave us alone. How about it, Frank? Uh, yeah, but that's not how things generally work, is it? <laughs> well, the New World yeah. Order boys want everybody under their thumb, Frank. They don't care if you're white, black, purple from Mars or what your, quote, religion, end quote is. They don't. They want control, Frank, and well, that's, that's what true, it's all but about. If, but if you're in a group that will not go along with it, you have to be eliminated. That's right. So, Al, what I'm seeing is a setup to exterminate Muslims. Well, that's why we're in Syria now, isn't it, Frank? No, actually, we're in Syria to get rid of Assad so Saudi Arabia can build a yeah, big but they're all Yeah, but they're there. all Muslims in Syria, too, and they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of, quote, collateral damage. Look what we did to Iraq, Frank. How many millions of people yeah, died like, in Iraq? Like you said, Al, there's a billion Muslims. You know, killing a few hundred thousand is nothing. They gotta, I understand. They got to get on with it, man. But the thing is, Syria's got, you know, got nothing to do with it. You're not going to kill that many in Syria, even if he kills no, every Muslim. No, but guess what? In Syria also has too. It's got that black liquid under it, just like uh, no, Texas. Syria, you know right? what? <clears throat> Syria doesn't really have significant oil reserves, not for international trade. They might be able to support themselves, but that's about it. What they really, what, it's Saudi Arabia that wants to build a pipeline through Syria into Turkey to supply Europe with natural gas and oil. Russia is allies with Syria. Assad keeps saying, no, you're not building a pipeline through here, because you know what? That is completely against the national interests of Russia. Now, everybody keeps talking about how Saudi Arabia has killed U.S. shale oil, and they've got, you know, they're going against U.S. shale oil. Well, no, yeah, they're not. Yeah, that's why uh, oil is under 38 bucks a barrel now, Frank. Yes. Let it keep going down. You but know what, Frank? Oil can go to $10 a barrel for gasoline, all I care. I don't... But yet gasoline's still over $2 a gallon. No, uh, right now, Frank, I'm paying a dollar seventy-two. I think. Yeah, well, I'm paying two nineteen. Well, 
Uh, well, you, you're you're not with the rest of the group, Frank. Unfortunately, Oregon, the socialist commie state of Oregon, is not with the rest of the country. Unfortunately, well, we have to pay lots of employees to pump gas. Well, you got to take care of keep make sure that Kit's robber stays in the uh, no. in the pokey again. No, no, yeah, in the pokey. That's where he belongs. But Al, the thing is. What Saudi Arabia did has nothing to do with shale oil because Saudi Arabia and the United States are allies, okay? They're not going to do that to destroy United States industry like that. They know, hey, you know what? We can put the sh- It's kind of like a tourniquet again, Al. Just because yeah. they shut down shale oil for a little while doesn't mean they can't start it back up. Of course they That's can. That's true. Well, they're thing doing is, all the fracking all over the place, too, and ruining the groundwater, sure. Frank. So what else is new? But the, the whole goal of when Saudi Arabia said, hey, guess what? We're lowering the price of oil. Uh, oh, hey, guess what? We're doing this. It was all to damage Russia. Okay? Because, see, Russia's major... Most of their, what they call hard currency, even though there is no such thing, but, you know, compared to the ruble, the dollar, I guess, is considered hard currency. The only yeah, place well, they... Yeah, well, they're both frauds. Right, but the only place they actually get hard currency coming in is from their oil and gas productions. Uh-huh. So Saudi Arabia basically cuts their legs out from under them, cuts whatever you were making in half, Bang, there you go, buddies. How's that? Well, not to mention the fact that Uncle Sam and uh, who is it in Turkey are supporting ISIS sure. and that uh, ISIS is selling its uh, oil to Turkey I to mean, make let's their look money. At, let's look at what goes on here, Al. In a war, you don't just think, you know, uh, linear, okay? You think on a bigger scale, like you think, okay, what are my ground forces going to do? What are my air force going to do? What's my navy going to do? Let's... Let's coordinate our attack, right? Uh-huh. You get everything working all together to attack. Well, that's what Saudi Arabia has done to Russia. They cut the legs out of their money, okay, by, by lowering oil. That really uh-huh. hurt Russia a lot, and it still is hurting Russia a lot. So you take away their money, which in turn what? So Russia's going to go start bombing Saudi Arabia now, maybe. Makes Who knows? it more difficult for Russia to fight a war because they don't have the money to fight a war. Then, right after they cut the legs out from under them, lowering the oil prices, what happens? Oh, all of a sudden, we've got to start attacking Syria because why? Why again did we start attacking Syria? Oh, oh, that's right. Assad supposedly gassed somebody somewhere. Yeah, just like so damn insane, right? Except, you know, now it's been shown that Assad didn't gas them. ISIS gassed them and then blamed Assad for it. Not to mention that Barry and the U.S. government are funding Assad, but you're not going to hear that from the mainstream boys, though, Assad are you? Assad or ISIS? He's fun- no, he's funding ISIS. Yeah, ISIS. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what I just said. He's funding no, you, uh, actually, Barry said, is funding ISIS. Yes, I, he is. Yeah, he is. And uh, so you see, Al... Uh, this ain't got nothing to do with oil, uh, shale oil, or anything else. It's got everything to do with Russia. They view Russia as the only opposing force of any subsequence to them, so they've got to try to take them down, and that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, this the is Russians bad aren't news, man. not going to stand for it much longer. I don't think uh, Putin is going to stand for it much longer well, if he wants to. You know, the problem, Al, is Putin sees what they're doing. Yeah. And that's why he's reacting. 
But the rest of the world keeps sucking up the media, going, oh, Assad's a bad guy, Putin's a maniac, Russia's an aggressor, blah, 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 blah. And it's all a lie, but everybody keeps reading it over and over again. Well, you tell the lie long enough, people start to believe it, don't they, Frank, unfortunately? That's right. That's right, Al. But, you know, I mean, you got Hitler said that. Tell the lie long enough, and people will believe it. And guess what, Frank? It's break time. I know, but, you, you know, I'm not going to let you leave with just saying uh, Hitler said that. Hitler said that about the Jews, okay? He wasn't talking about himself telling lies long enough so people would believe it. What he was referring to was the Jewish lie. They told this lie long enough, and everybody believes it. That's what he was talking about, okay? So that's something that a lot of people quote Hitler for, and he did say it. But when you take it in context in his book about what he was actually talking about... He was talking about the Jews and their lie. Well, they've been doing it for, what, 60 or 70 years now or longer? Well, yeah, but before that, they were doing it for what? Well, you know, they've shown some pictures, Frank. They've shown some pictures of what Auschwitz was really like. And guess what, Frank? Yes, there were bodies there. But guess what? Auschwitz wasn't the place that everybody said it was. Well, and most of the prisoners of war died from malnutrition and disease. You know, and typhus, yes. yeah. They really did. And, and you know, that, that's not a good thing. And but, by the way, Frank, they really never found any crematoriums or any ovens. They never really found any ovens, so-called no. ovens. Yeah, but, no. you know, don't let the facts get in the way of your good stuff. Oh, no, Frank, don't, <laughs> don't confuse us with the facts, Frank. All right, right we're going to take, take a break, Al. We'll be back. We'll see you after the break, Frank. <laughs>
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still Tuesday, December 8, 2015. It's about 12.42 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. You can call in. Tell me how unreasonable I am. Tell me how bigoted and racist I am. 800-932-1980. And you know what? You'll not get an argument from me about it. You're right. So what? I'm done being reasonable, folks. Not that I ever was overly reasonable, but I'm done even trying to be reasonable with anybody anymore. You're going to be the one that's going to be reasonable if you want to deal with me. And then I'll be reasonable. But right off the bat, no, I'm sorry. If, you know, you don't look like me, sorry, I'm not going to be reasonable until you are. And then I'll be reasonable. That's the new game. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And folks, you know what? You folks out there that look in the mirror and say, oh, well, I guess if I was going to be something, I guess, uh, you know, I'd be white. You better start getting a grip. Okay, Mr. Nice Guy has got you screwed. All right? We live in a country now where everybody gets special protections except white men. And I mean yeah. white men, because white women, they get, hey, you know what? There's more women in this country than there is men, yet they're considered a minority somehow. And uh, they get <laughs> special privileges, special protections. Blacks, Mexicans, everybody in the world except the white man. Which means uh. if everybody's getting special protections and special compensations and stuff, and you're not... They're no longer getting special things. You're being discriminated against. That's right. And you brought it on yourself by being Mr. Nice Guy. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Now, look, I'm not saying get out there and get into any violence and and any of that. That's not necessary. You just need to stop rolling over all the time. Welcome back, Al. It just well, pisses Frank, me off. I have to agree with you. No, look, Al, you know what? This is, I, my, I, no, this is my deal, Frank. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I have to propose violence against Sammy. It's unfortunate. I have to propose violence. Mr. Jefferson even said it in the Declaration, sure. didn't he? Sure. That when the government becomes out of control, it's time to pick up the boomers. He said it in, the, in a roundabout way. Well, it's why the Second Amendment exists. That's right. Okay, and if you, want, if you don't believe that, then you haven't read anything about the Second Anybody Amendment. Anybody who thinks that the Second Amendment is for going target shooting and hunting and that's all it is and plinking and just practicing the, making a lot of noise is a fool. The Second Amendment there is to get rid of Sammy when Sammy gets out of control, and to say Sammy is out of control is an understatement, isn't it, Frank? <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> I mean, that's going to be the biggest understatement of the 21st century. <laughs> Is that a real question? I mean, you know, the thing is, it's like, look, they never even considered the Second Amendment to have anything to do with hunting or target shooting. That was just a given. That was everybody's right, and it was undisputable. It wasn't even up for discussion. The reason they put the Second Amendment in there was not for hunting rifles. It was for military-grade equipment so you could stand up against the government that got out of control. And, Frank, if you have enough money for an M1 Abrams tank, you should be able to buy one. You should be able to buy an aircraft carrier if you got that kind of money, Frank. Because if they can have it, we can have it. Well, and that's true, Al. But now, look, you see what's gone on. Even worse than they having it. Because, okay... 
you look at your local city police force, right? They got all Oh, you mean of... the standing army that's all <laughs> over the United States? You're talking about the standing yeah, army that the Al, founders didn't... Are they really a legitimate government, or are they a corporation? All the cities are corporations. That's right. Like every, all the counties, the cities, Uncle Sam, That's right. everybody's a corporation out there. Let me ask you something, Al. You're not allowed to have a tank or anti... Uh, uh, well, they're not not allowed they have, don't think we should have it. You're not allowed to have stinger missiles and things like that. Now, Well, according to their mindset, we're not supposed to. Let me ask to, you frankly. something. How exactly does an o- operation like Blackwater exist in the United States because they've got automatic weapons, they have stinger missiles, they have all kinds of RPGs. Oh, but they got all Frank, they, Frank, they have special permission from Sammy, though, Frank. Yeah, they're they a corporation permission. also. Okay? Yes. These are yes. not government entities. So in America, we have private, so-called private corporate entities that are given this King's X to have any weapons they'd like. But not right. you, Al, not me. Oh, no, Frank, you can't have that boomer. You can't have that. Oh, that 22, that's an assault rifle now, Frank. Your little 22 uh, plinking rifle is an assault weapon now, Frank. Of course it is. Sure. Oh, wait a minute, Frank. You got a base. I got a I couple got an of assault baseball. hammer right here. Well, Frank, I got three uh, assault baseball bats here, Frank. <laughs> Hockey sticks. You know, I think, Al, what, I think what the government's going to need to do is get every last American to line up and get their arms and legs cut off. Because, you know, as long as you got arms and legs out, you're a danger. Well, Frank, you can't. Wait a minute. Maybe your head should go next, too, Frank, because (laughs) they don't want... I could headbutt somebody. That's right. Well, yeah. (laughs) Frank, if Barry thinks that he's going to issue a, quote, executive order, end quote, and take the boomers, I think Barry is smoking some very bad marijuana. Well, it appears it appears between the immigration policies, the refugee policies, his anti-gun policies, and his, and his stinking rhetoric, what Barry's trying to do is incite national riots. And I think he's well, doing maybe it. we need a good one, Frank. No, 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 no Al. I think Barry's doing it so he got the reason to call that na- uh, martial law. So we well, guess oh, what? Hey, uh, Al, Mr. Jeff, Al, yeah. Al, we yeah. we are in danger, so we're going to do martial law. And yeah, oh, well, wait Al, a minute, you know, Frank. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, 9/11 happened, Frank. So the state of Oregon, which is what 3,000 miles <laughs> away, is going to get locked down. Although it happened in New York, Frank, that's right, right, Al. And and you know it's for your own protection. So oh, and another thing. We're, yeah. we're, you know, being under martial law and all, it's just too dangerous for us to have any elections. So, oh yeah, uh, well Barry is going to be emperor for life. Is that what Barry thinks he's going to be? We're going to put that. We're going to put that on hold. But well, don't I worry, Al. Is- we'll have elections here as soon as things get safe. Yeah, and uh, and according to Barry, they're not going to be safe for another 30 years, so Barry wants, thinks he's going to stay in there. But hopefully, the military will grow a pair and remove Barry uh, forcefully from office. Nah, <laughs> that ain't going to happen, because you know what? Since Clinton, they've been purging the Pentagon and putting in stuffed shirt, nothing but politicians running around in military uniforms. The Pentagon well, is Well, then we're disgrace. through then, Frank. Well, the only then, Frank... chance we've got, Al, is perhaps... I don't know, Lieutenant. You, you know, know what's cur- going to happen, colonels, Frank? Whenever the colonels, the cur- the generals are gone, man. They're they're all just political uh, operatives, and you know maybe the colonels or lieutenant colonels, because that's if you look at history, modern history, all the coups around the world 
you know, military coups where a military yeah. has said, that's it, we're taking over, our own government, right, has always been pretty much led by the colonels. Hmm. Because the generals are always bought off, man. They're always put in yeah. there by the leaders, and they're, you know, they're good little lapdogs. But the colonels have generally made their way up through the ranks, and, yeah. you know, uh, that's yeah. who always has been doing the coups. If it really gets bad and it hits the fan nationwide, I think what you're going to see is just like what we encountered in Vietnam, guerrilla warfare. People are going to have to be guerrillas because the most powerful so-called army or military in the world couldn't beat little Vietnam the size of California, could they? Well, and this, this example goes on and on and on, and not just with the United States Army. The Russians couldn't subdue the Afghanis, neither That's can right. we. That's right, they couldn't do it. And we haven't been able to subdue Iraq, we haven't been able to subdue, we couldn't subdue Vietnam. Uh, you, no. cannot, you cannot occupy a nation that doesn't want to be occupied. The British That's found that right. out here. You know, they well, were occupying you what, the colonies. Uh, and, and the ABR colonies, yeah. listeners should get the Mel uh, Gibson movie, The Patriot, and see what he did single-handedly to the British by himself. Well, that's the thing, and uh, hey, you remember back... And that's what's going to have to happen here, Frank. People are going to have to take matters into their own hands. We don't care what Barry says. Uh, California is now telling parents they must have their kids uh, had poison injected to them, and I think the parents should say, we're going to give you a little injection instead. Well, I, you know what? They're saying they need injections if they're going to go to school. I'd say fine. Well, then keep your kid out of the public <laughs> brainwashing I mean, system, Frank. Hey, forget the vaccines, man. If you're sending your kids to the public sewer system anyway, you're doing yeah. that great, probably just as bad a damage as if you jabbed them full of poison. <laughs> because you're, well, wrecking their, you're, you're wrecking their minds, man. You're wrecking their minds. They're not going to have anything to think with by the time that 12 years goes by. Look at what's going on now, Al. Have you walked into a store recently, any store, and tried to deal with any of the employees? It's nearly impossible. I, they don't want to be there. They don't know any, what they're I doing. Haven't had, I haven't had too many problems. Most of the people I've dealt with have been pretty decent. And they have, some of them have brains, not all of them. See, that's the thing. Decent and nice and friendly, that's not a problem. I run into a lot of friendly employees. It's just... Look, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to get something done, and you are absolutely ignorant and incompetent in your job. I mean, a smile and a nice word doesn't make up for that, Al, not when you're doing business. I'm not there well, to make friends. I don't go to Lowe's to look for friends. I don't either. I go to get something done. And if I ever have gone to Lowe's, I've always gotten uh, people have answered my question. I've been lucky so far with Lowe's. Well, you really so have. And I've and I I got to say, our Lowe's has a couple of people, and I know who they are. And if I, you know, if I need something, I go looking for them because if you you hit wrong, you're gonna just be wandering around the store with an escort, Al. Oh, I understand, Frank. You're talking to the choir here. Most most of the people that I deal with when I go to any store usually know what. When you ask them a question, if they can't know it, they'll they'll go to their supervisor or somebody who will tell you the answer. <laughs> well, then you I mean, are I've been, lucky. Like now. I said, I've been fairly lucky. I haven't had any problems. Well, maybe that. Oregon is ahead on the educational system than Colorado is because. Uh, well, you know, Mr. What's his name, Mr. Governor Kasich, he's uh, he's now for that uh, garbage with the uh, what do you call it, the um, Common Core. 
the common core. Yeah, well, he's gone too now, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and, and that's the uh, thing, man. I mean, uh, it's and and I I do view most of the problems I run into is a management problem because look, you hire somebody for minimum wage, you gotta figure they don't know much, right? That's right. So when they come to the job place, you're going to have to train them. Correct. Well, that apparently is not going on or, or not going on to a, a, a good enough degree to where these people actually know anything. I mean, well, look, they're all a public, of the, public full brainwashing system. And I don't know, you... Al, have you noticed, uh, because one of the things that I was taught, one of the main things in retail is if you're there at the counter t- talking to a live customer and the phone rings, you don't just tell the customer, hey, screw you, I got a phone call, and go about your business on the phone. You pick up the phone and say, I have to put you on hold, and you put them on hold, and you get back to your customer. You don't that sit there and have a conversation. Many times. That's happened to me several times, and that's what they do. The ones who have any brains say, yes, excuse me, but I'm with a customer, right. and I'll get back to you. Okay, well, again. Yes, I've been lucky that way. Not here say. in Oregon. The last four or five times I'm, really? I'm at a store, phone rings. Oh, they're on the phone chatting away. Just You know what you do, Frank? You turn around and walk out and go to a different store. Yeah, that's what I'm going to start doing. Or actually, what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to go find me a manager. No, go find the manager and say, you just lost the customer and because say, your, idiot, your idiot employee had to answer a phone. Well, no, idiot you. What are you teaching these people? Didn't you tell these people that, look, the guy standing in front of you comes first? That's, that's just, right. It's like a rule of retail. You know, you just don't you look, you got a bird in the hand here. You got somebody in your store. You you don't want to screw them over. You got somebody on the phone that maybe might spend some money at your store? No. That's a bird in the bush. You always deal with the person in front of you because they're there with their wallet. That's right. It's insane. You don't know about the guy on the phone. No, maybe he just wants information. When I call stores, that doesn't mean I'm going to show up. It means I want to know something before I show up. That's right. You want to ask something so you don't waste your gas. Right. You know, so, but that doesn't mean they're going to make a sale. But if I'm standing there trying to check out, hey, I want to give you money. And you're going to, you're just going to ignore me? Uh, it's insane. It's crazy. Oh, and you've oh. got to wonder, okay, why are the managers not teaching these people, look, don't ever do that? It's not their, quote, po- their favorite word of mine, policy. It's well, not you know our why? policy. You know why, Al? Because the managers now have this team mentality to where, ooh, you've got to stick with the team. You've got to make the team happy. You've got to make the team feel comfy. You've got to make the employees. Oh, everybody's got to go with the team, just like the idiot kids in the idiot schools. They've got to be part of the team, or if they, if they have a separate thought, we well, can't have you, Frank. You know what? Same things happen with the cops, but what happens when you start circling the wagons and getting your employees around you as a team? What does that make the customer? That makes the customer the enemy, the outsider, the one busting into your little team and wrecking things for you, making your life difficult, the enemy. The cops did the same thing at one time. Well, the cops are the enemy right now, well, Frank, and yeah, they but, look at us as the enemy. But, Al, at one time, cops were part of the community. 
Well, the cop was your friend. The cop was somebody you went to for help way back when, Frank. You know, way he back walked when. down the streets in his community. Everybody knew the cop. He knew everybody he might even help carry your groceries for you. That's right. Those days are gone forever. Well, that's because of the mentality of the team. If you're in a blue uniform, you're on the team. If you're not, you're not on the team. And if you're not on the team, that means you must be the enemy. And employees at stores are getting the same attitude towards customers because they got their little team meetings, their little team counseling things. Well, they got to forget this team thing, and, and, and they need to plaster this sign on every wall. The customer comes first. That's right. And you know, that's I, what comes. I got taught a good lesson by a very successful businessman, and I was griping about a customer. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know. You know, uh, the customer's always right. And he looked at me and he says, no. He says, listen, the customer's not always right. He says, but the customer is always the customer. And, you know, I stood back and I said, wow, this guy really, he's pretty smart. Because I've heard the customer's always right my whole life, right? Yeah, well, that's that garbage they've taught everybody. And then I hear this guy tell me, no, the customer's not always right, but the customer is always the customer. In other words, Correct. it doesn't matter if the customer's right or wrong. You've got to treat them with respect. Right. Because, gee, after all, you want He's their money. With the money. <laughs> yeah, I want your money. You know? <laughs> so oh, man. Frank, I mean, there's just, it's just, Frank, there is no common sense left in this country, unfortunately. We got to be rocket science, Al. We got to be, because uh, this, this seems to be out of the grasp of a lot of people. And it, oh, uh, Frank, the stupidity that's out there. If we had a dollar for every stupid person in this country, it'd be richer than Billy Gates, I think. And it Frank. comes from? The public schools, Al. The public fool brainwashing system. Yep. You got it. And look at the time. We are gone. We are gone. I'll see you next we'll week, We'll see you Al. next week, Frank. Thanks for being on. Folks, we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back again tonight. Coming up next is financial survival. We got a full day. We got condition critical. Coming up, we got, like I said, full day. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets 
assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Tuesday, December 8, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Well, gold today uh, eh, went against all the other precious metals. It is up 3.30 currently in the New York spot price. Uh, at a thousand seventy-five fifty, you have silver down nine cents at fourteen twenty-five. Platinum was down ten at eight hundred and forty-nine, and palladium was down four at five hundred and fifty-one. So all the industrial metals are down, and the monetary metal was up. And the USDX today was down twenty-seven point two seven at ninety-eight forty-five. Crude oil was taking a breather today, only down 0.02 at 3763. Stock markets today, a little bit of pressure on that. Uh, the Dow was down 160 points. Most of the day it was triple digits to the downside, 17,568. The NASDAQ down 3.57 at 5,098. And the S&P is down 13 at 2,063. 10-year yield, 2.24%, and the euro uh, still holding the 109, up 0.54. Asian and European markets all got hammered overnight. Germany was down 2%. Hong Kong was down about one and a third. Japan over 1%, and London down about one, almost one and a half. So pressures on the market. Uh, They seem to have a little bit of reversal. I know while I was gone, you had Mario Draghi announced uh, with a smaller-than-expected stimulus package last week. Uh, In all his previous statements, Draghi was always ready, able, and willing to do whatever was necessary, keep pumping the buying program, as did the United States. Um, However, he didn't. He announced a smaller-than-expected, and the markets... uh, Uh, reacted, uh, and uh, we could still be seeing some of that play into the markets today. Uh, The euro, uh, while I was gone, surged more than 3% against the dollar, and it was uh, one of the best uh, days uh, gain that it had in more than five years. So 
Uh, they did not enhance. And, you know, markets don't work this way, Alan. When you look at the stock market and you look at all these numbers, you look at the bond markets, we give the dollar numbers, we give all these uh, and it's like the it, it's like everything is at a standstill is what I sense. We know gold is ready to explode. Uh, we know the markets are ready to make some sort of adjustment. We know things are not working as they should, and it's almost like we reach this point. And I'm not sure if everybody is waiting for this election. I'm not sure if it's this uh, with the the terrorists. Uh, with ISIS and so forth, that everybody just seems, I don't know if it's the holidays with Christmas approaching, but uh, this year, it, it, I sense that things are different. Well, I think things, they always feel like they're coming to a head. They haven't come to a head yet. I mean, it's, it's, it seemed as if we, they've been coming to a head for years, not, and we haven't reached quite that head like, just yet. But, but we never had the true many people you know puzzled because things uh, you know continue to move on but yet when you read what's going on and know what's going on they have never been like this i mean no. this is different no, the we're off in territory right huge. now that the world has never seen before yes and the government is facing things in terms of the debt and globalization and our interdependence on foreign countries and it means if someone does something stupid in Europe or Africa or South America, we might see something dramatic happen in this country. That wasn't that way for most of my lifetime. All right? Certainly the first 50 years of my lifetime wasn't really that way. We didn't expect that we could be, our economy could be significantly affected by something happening in some other foreign country. There was influence, but nobody expected the United States to collapse if somebody did something weird somewhere else. Um, no, that's not necessarily the case. We wind up at least wondering, sitting back here and wondering, you know, oh my gosh, what if China does this or that? You know, what if the European Union does this or that? And what it kind of brings to mind is, <clears throat> what, it, what just now crosses my mind, is people historically have invested in the stock market. And if you're going to invest in stocks, you should be investing in a particular stock or a particular index based on the objective reality that governs the value of that stock. If IBM comes out with a new invention that's going to revolutionize the computer industry, now is a good time to invest in IBM stock because it's likely to go much higher. But we, we have right now, our people are investing or pulling their money in the stock market or taking their money out of the stock market, not based on objective reality per se, but to significant degree based on political reality. If Mario Draghi, he said last week, at least briefly, he said uh, that the market were going to do everything they had to do they had, in order they would have all the quanti unlimited quantitative easing. All right, And that drove the market higher Thursday and Friday of last week, or at least that was one explanation. And people are listening to what Mario Draghi has to say about Europe, and they are translating into reason why they should buy American stocks. And the question becomes, are we really investing in the stocks? Are we really investing in the stock market? Or is the Dow Jones really a reflection of investing in the political system? 
We are investing based on what the politicians say. It doesn't matter whether IBM has got a new revolutionary uh, technology or whatever. Get that. What did Mario Draghi say? That makes the market go up or down. What are we investing in, Melody? Are we investing in stocks or are we investing in politicians? You guess what I'm saying here? Well, absolutely. But, I mean, you know, that connection between Wall Street and the government has been around for a long time. And, uh, you know, Wall Street truly, you know, that you've had that connection ever since they created the, uh, you know, the, 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 the plunge protection team, you know, when government started to uh, interfere into the markets uh, so many years ago. So uh, they've had that connection, and uh, but it's just a little bit... Uh, it just you know. gets stronger and stronger, and it reaches a point where are we investing in stocks or are we investing in politics? People are investing in um, neither. You know, they're, well, well, I think I think there's a bias right now. Insofar as the market moves up, I think it was three percent or whatever. It was 350 points that they tracked that, that at least some people attributed to Mario Draghi's speech last week where he said we'll do everything well, QE to infinity that was essentially what he said and then what, what happened he turned out and he didn't do it the he market did. fell and the market what fell. do the politicians you know what are we investing in but that's Stocks the way it's been politicians well, that's the way it's been Al I don't think it's been For a long time I I understand that there's been influence but I'm not sure that the that the the combination of the two has been as strong in the past as it is right now and increasingly, it used to be that Wall Street was associated with the government. And now we see whatever's happening in the government is controlling Wall Street to a different degree, or at least that's the way it appears to me. Okay. It's not just an association. It's more of a matter of control. And government appears to be controlling stock markets. There are plenty of people who believe that the markets are manipulated, that the manipulation traces back to the government and or the Federal Reserve. They believe the price of gold is being manipulated. People believe that the and artificially suppressed. They believe the stock markets are being artificially supported. And that artificial support is not the direct result of what Wall Street does or wants. It's ultimately, or at least according to the people that claim that it's being manipulated, what does the government want? The government wants the stock market up. The government wants gold down. So what are we investing in? Are we investing in gold? Are we investing in stocks? Are we investing in the government? Uh, that's, to me, this, this, it used to be that was not a reasonable question to my mind. I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, recognized the influence, but it wasn't a question of control. Right now it seems like it's a matter of control. At least to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's all that's important, Al. That's it. <laughs> What's next? I don't know. We got supporters cheer Trump's Muslim ban proposal, Washington Examiner. Donald Trump stood by his proposal to prohibit Muslims from emigrating to or visiting the United States during his, during his campaign rally Monday night, telling supporters, we have no idea if they love or hate us. Just hours before the Republican frontrunner took the stage in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, his campaign, his campaign released a statement proposing an all-out ban on Muslims seeking to relocate or visit, relocate to or visit the United States. 
Until we are able to determine and understand this problem and the dangerous threat it poses, our country cannot be the victims of horrendous attacks by people that believe only in jihad and have no sense of reason or respect for human life. That was Trump. Um, despite immediate backlash from his Republican rivals and a handful of religious freedom organizations, Trump doubled down on the controversial proposal, going as far as to read his campaign statement verbatim to the sea of supporters at his rally. We're out of control. We have no idea who is running our who is coming into our country. We have no idea if they love us or hate us, Trump said on Monday. Uh, you know, this is another one of those things where Trump seems to have a charmed life. He says things <laughs> that those of us who have been conditioned to believe in political correctness, if we were given the opportunity to make some of the statements Trump has made, most of us, well, that's not politically correct. We can't say that. And we've all been tricked into it. And Trump is kind of reminding us that political correctness is not, it's not the truth. And he's just coming out and trying to say what he thinks is true. And he's not being caught up in this political correctness. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh. It's like somebody took the shutters off the window and we can get some sunlight in here and see what's going on. So, I don't know. I'm it, it surprises me how the reaction to this has stirred people. There's a mayor in Florida, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They want to ban Trump from coming to their cities. It's like, like now, come on, if you have a problem, you need to address these problems. And what he is saying is, look, until we understand the problem, that doesn't mean we can't reverse our decisions later and let them back in, but let's view the problem. Let's address the problem. And one of the problems is these people are getting into this country, so let's stop it. I, I just can't figure out why such a I, – I understand why. But the negative reaction is uh, just uh, – even from the Republican stupid. Party. The negative reaction is stupid. Even from How the Republican candidate. from coming into your town? I know. I mean, everybody gets to travel wherever they want in this country. That's where it's supposed to be. They can't say we don't like your politics, so you can't come to Philadelphia. On top of which, people in Philadelphia have to be stupid to support a moronic mayor who tries to restrict somebody who is quite possibly going to be president of the United States. Says, well, we're going to keep him out of Philadelphia. Really? He's going to be controlling the purse strings when you come begging for money. In twenty six in twenty seventeen, oh, we need some money. And we all know. I was Donald Trump. I said, "Well, I'm sorry. I really like to help you." And we all know. But Trump, I can't come into your city. And we all know Trump does not forget. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would. I, I don't know. Well, I don't. I don't but think that would. Stupid. It's stupid. You know, these people aren't politically correct. They are politically stupid. And. When we talk about Muslims, maybe you get into this, and I don't know, I'll do this a little bit right now. There is a fundamental problem. There are a couple of fundamental problems, but here's one of them. The essence of Christianity, the fundamental, at least pragmatic idea behind Christianity, is that you get to choose. The Christ knocks at your door. And if you open the door, good. And if you don't open the door, well, that's your choice. But the Christ is not coming up and knocking your door down with a battering ram or a tank and forcing you to choose to be a Christian or he will behead you. 
Christianity is about the right, it's about freedom of religion. And it's, the freedom of religion doesn't really mean the freedom to practice religion. It means the freedom to choose your religion. And this is a fundamental principle in the Western world. You get to choose. All right, you want to be a Baptist, be a Baptist. Want to be a Catholic, be a Catholic. Want to be a, uh, a Congregationalist, be a Congregationalist. All right, you get to choose. The Muslims deny the right to choose your religion. And in doing so, they absolutely deny freedom of religion. If you've seen any of the uh, photographs of Muslim demonstrators, <clears throat> you'll see them sign holding signs, to hell with freedom. And the average person looks at that, average American, looks at it and they say, this must be just some, some Muslims that they brought in out of that. They were a goat herder all their life and they brought them over here and they don't know what they're talking about. No, they do know what they're talking about. They do not respect the idea of freedom of religion. All right? They don't respect, they will not let you choose to be a Christian or, you know, Protestant, Catholic, Jew. You will be a Muslim or you will lose your head. That's why they will never assimilate into this country. They will never, 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 not the devout Muslims, they will never assimilate into this country. They can't because at base their religion denies freedom of choice. And it is a fundamental principle of Western civilization, Western culture, that you do get freedom of choice. This is one of the fundamental reasons why the Muslims will never, ever be assimilated, at least not the devout ones. They'll never be assimilated into this country, and as long as that's true, you can expect them to cause trouble. They are going to, they regard it as their obligation. They can't come. I heard one guy I can't remember his name. I, he seemed credible. He said the word compromise does not exist in the Quran. There is no room for compromise. There is no room for political choice. There's no room. You will obey or you will die. You can't mix. You can't blend that philosophy, that faith into Christendom. There's no proviso. This is a fundamental basic challenge, and it's a reason why we need segregation. We need to draw a line. You Muslims stay on that side of the line, and the Christians, you can stay on this side of the line, and you Muslims do whatever you want. Chop your heads off as fast as you want. That's okay with us, but don't come here because you can't assimilate. Let's take a break for some commercials. Melody and I will be back here on Financial Survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866-229-3663 that's 866 
888-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w's.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adams here on Financial Survival with co-host Melody Cedarstrom. Program is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. What's next, Melody? Well, we were going to talk about Venezuela and their uh, and um, you know how the world is changing, not just in Venezuela, but we see it in Europe. We, you know, we we see it. Uh, people are moving towards the right. It may, we may be seeing it here in the United States. And we're seeing it here in the United States. Right. Here's a headline. This is from the Washington Times. The headline is, Venezuela's overwhelming election shift shakes leftist governments across Latin America. Sunday's uh, sweeping opposition victory in Venezuela's legislative elections may do little to lessen embattled President Nicolas Maduro's hostility toward Washington, but it might well lead leftist governments across Latin America to moderate their policies and tones. Conservatives pretty much swept the Sunday election. With the exception of of a 2007 constitutional referendum, the Sunday vote marks the only time in 17 years that followers of the socialist leader, Hugo Chavez, have lost at the ballot box. It would be the first time since Chavez came to power in 1998 that the opposition controlled even one branch of government. Socialist President Maduro now confronts a scenario that gives his rivals wide-ranging powers. Um, The Chavez movement is in shock. 
what remains of it is debilitated. <clears throat> the new conservative-dominated legislature is expected to focus initially on internal issues such as Venezuela's dire fiscal situation, including the world's highest inflation rates and a planned amnesty for political prisoners. Well, if you're going to have political prisoners, I mean, if that's what the left had, the left belong. It should be debilitated. It should be destroyed. There's no justification for jailing people for their political, for their politics. They're violent. That's another story. If they're merely political, leave them alone. Um, still, the opposition triumph swamps another tile uh, in America's in South America's changing political mosaic, already shuffled by last month's center-right victory in Argentina's mm -hmm. presidential runoff, along with Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff's impeachment proceedings. Now, what they're saying here is we've got Argentina and Brazil and Venezuela are all moving to the right at the same time in South America. We have at least three major countries in South America that are rejecting leftist leaders and leftist political philosophy. The shift signals that a monumental political change may be taking place in South America. Well, I look at that, and they ask, is this, and they're, and they're saying the other South American countries are paying attention to this, and they're beginning to realize, uh-oh, we're going to have to deal with the conservatives. This is, this is happening throughout our South American continent. But I wonder if the rejection of leftists in South America will translate into a similar rejection of leftists in the United States. Are the times changing for leftists in, in the Western Hemisphere? Have people of South America... And perhaps even North America finally understood that communism and socialism and collectivism don't work and must be rejected. Now, <clears throat> it's just that's an interesting that's an interesting little theory that you can just say, well, that's interesting, but doesn't count for much. But wait a second, does Donald Trump's success in the Republican primary and even influence on national political uh, events? Uh, signal a major shift in U.S. politics that's not merely from the Demopublicans to the Republicans, but a real shift in voter sentiment from the left to the right. Can I ask, can I ask you a question? If it's, really, if it's true that perhaps the people of these countries recognize and begin to understand what communism is and socialism is, and it doesn't work and it must be rejected. How is that relationship going to affect their number one relationship with China? I mean, you have Brazil and, and, and the BRICS nations and the coming together, because if they're really moving towards the right... You mean if who's really moving towards the right? If these countries are moving towards the South right... South America and maybe South North America. America. I yeah. mean, wouldn't that affect these relationships with uh, this, no, business, like a, like a communist... Like a communist nation, like I don't China. think so. I don't think so. It might have a, it might have some impact, us. but it wouldn't be major. Uh, I mean, our relationship with China is all about business. All right, it's uh, they're communists. Who cares? Nobody cares. They've been communists when they were poor. Nobody yeah, cares. We had an opportunity to make a buck. We moved in. Communists are still communists, and right now yeah, it's that. all about trade and so forth. I get that, but we're yeah. on that. That's all that is. But what I'm getting to is again. Trump right now may be the most influential political figure in North America, and he's not even elected to office. Right now, when I visualize Barack Obama, and kind of the image shows up in my mind. He's like a skinny little kid who's caught in a, in, in a job that he just he doesn't he doesn't know what to do. 
Trump comes across as a strong leader now, and he's not even in a position to lead. But when Trump talks, everybody's listening. I mean, he says, throw the Muslims out. And, all, and nobody else, <clears throat> no one else has, has suggested that with any who has any political <clears throat> influence or force. Trump says, yeah, let's get rid of them. All right? And the, and the American people say, yeah, yeah. Trump is, he is controlling the agenda of the whole 2016 election at this point. That may not last. I don't know if it's going to last or not. But at the moment, he is more politically influential. You can make the argument. Politically, he's more influential than Barack Obama. More politically influential than Hillary Clinton. He doesn't have the same power as Barack Obama. Barack still has control of certain levers, but he doesn't know which ones to he doesn't know which ones to pull and which ones to push. Barack just continues to show up as an incompetent, and Trump is showing up as an adult. He says, "Yeah, we can handle this. <clears throat> Get me in the office. I can ta- I can handle it." And while <clears throat> and what this is signaling to me, what this raises is a suspicion in my mind is that Trump, the Trump phenomena, you know, we have complained that the Republicans and the Democrats are both identical. The Republicans claim they talk about conservatism, but they don't do it. The Democrats, they just try to force more leftist BS on us. And the Republicans go along with it. Their idea of resisting is if the Democrats want another $50 billion to do something that supports left-wing policies, the Republicans say, well, let's compromise, and we'll only let you have $25 billion. Trump is saying, let's just stop it. Let's not compromise. <clears throat> there is a kind of, everybody hears the term, and I, there's a kind of duality, there's a kind of animosity that's been building in the political system. And I think Trump exemplifies that to some degree. He's hit the bell. He said, look, we're going to do what's right for America and to hell with everybody else. Right? Where all the rest of politics, oh, we can't do this because we might offend these people, might offend these people, got to give money to these and them and those. Trump is saying, no, let's do what's right for America. Let's just keep it simple and do what's right for us. Is, his, is the Trump phenomena evidence that the that the people don't want to cooperate with what has been our own socialist government in this country. You know, we talk about socialist and leftist countries down in South America. Listen, our country has been communist for all practical purposes since the New Deal. It's been slow-creeping communism, slow-creeping collectivism, but that's what it's been. So I'm looking at what's happened down in South America. We've got Argentina and Venezuela and Brazil are moving to the right, and they wonder if it's going to affect the rest of the countries in South America. And I'm wondering if maybe it's not going to affect this country, if this country isn't already manifesting that shift with Trump being as extraordinarily popular as he is, as extraordinarily influential. I mean, that guy right now is setting a political agenda. So... I'm thinking maybe we are looking at something happening in both South America and North America where we are moving to the right. And, you know, I'm not going to just sit here and cheer and say that's absolutely all by itself a good thing. You go far enough to the right, you wind up with fascism. But it wouldn't be a bad idea to get rid of collectivism in this country. 
It wouldn't be a bad idea to get rid of socialism and communism and move this country back to a mindset where we appreciated the truth rather than that which is politically correct. And we understood that people had to support themselves rather than just put their hand out and wait for Washington to fill their pockets and their wallets. So I'm looking. All right. Is it, uh, you know, it, <clears throat> for me, it's an interesting idea. Is it absolutely true? I don't know if it's true. But it's crossing my mind that it just might be that the Trump phenomena is very much similar to what we've just seen in Venezuela and also in Brazil and Argentina in the last few weeks or months. We're also seeing it in France, even after the terrorist attacks mm-hmm. in France mm-hmm. and how Hollande was, you know, <clears throat> hey, he was strong. He was, you know, we're at war. He was uh, very positive. He received positive publicity. Uh, the way he, uh, um, you know, his, his presidential role. Uh, but yet, on Sunday, they had the, the first round of uh, elections in France, and the National Front was the winner, Marine Le Pen. Yeah. And, um, so it's uh, again you, you you see it happening and, and basically uh Patrick Buchanan did a great article on this and he talks about how the the shift in in French politics and and you look at the borders you look is this being like a main theme um at least in France and compared here in the United States you're talking about Trump I mean that was the main theme that really brought this change that that made people begin to listen and, uh, you know, at one point in time, it was all fine and dandy. They have all these open borders. But now people want our borders. And, and, and French, uh, France, they want their borders controlled also. And they want these problems taken care of. They want them yeah. fixed. Yeah. And it goes to whether or not you're going to be a nation or not. And, and Trump was talking about that in one of his recent interviews. And he said, look, we're going to have borders. We're going to have walls. We're going to control immigration coming into this country from both Mexico and Canada. And he says that the question is, are you going to be a nation or not? And if you're going to be a nation, then you have to enforce your borders. Mm-hmm. Now, Trump is just talking common sense. sense. And now he's not singing Kumbaya. All right. The, the national anthem for the leftists. We're all going to get together. and It's all going to be fun. No, we're not. The Muslims are going to move in. They will never be assimilated. This nation will be balkanized by the <laughs> influx of the Muslims. And if we're dumb enough to let them in, and it's just common sense. They don't enter this. They, the devout Muslims do not enter this country with the idea of participating in the American dream. The American dream is anathema to them. And yet our government says, oh, let's sing Kumbaya. You know, we'll all be buddies and pals. No, we will not. We're going to see more people like the Farouks in this country as we allow more Muslims into this country. You're going to see it. It's going to happen. <clears throat> How many people have to be killed before somebody says, you know, maybe we need something. We need to control how many people are getting into this country and recognize there are fundamental differences. Muslims, this is not just freedom of choice. People say, oh, the Muslims should be free to choose their religion. <clears throat> I agree. That they should be free to choose, but they have to respect everyone else's freedom of choice, and they absolutely do not. The Christian faith, talked about it earlier in the program, Christ knocks on your door, it's up to you to open the door. You get the choice. Do you want to open the door, let Christ into, the, into, your, into your home, into your life? That's your choice. If you don't want to, that's your choice. You will be held responsible for your choice. 
the Muslims come to your door and they will kick the door in and they will inform you that you are either going to convert to the Muslim faith or they're going to chop your head off. There is no freedom of choice in the Muslim faith. This is a mandatory. This is completely contrary to fundamental principles animated Western culture for hundreds of years, maybe a thousand or more. Right? This is not, this is the clash, this is the essence, from my perspective, of the clash of civilizations that people talk about. Do you get to choose? Do you have freedom to choose your religion, or is somebody going to tell you? And what's really fascinating to me is the Muslims don't apparently care whether you really worship Allah or not. You're just going to say the words, and if you say the words, fine, good enough. They don't care where your heart is, they don't care if you're sincere. I'm sure they would prefer that you're sincere, but they don't care. You're going to come up, and they're going to come up, and you're going to say the words that, that manifest your acceptance of Allah, and if you don't, they'll chop your head off. It's very simple. They don't care if you lie. Now, in the Christian faith, lots of people talk about Christianity. And there's passage in the Bible that I can't quote exactly, but the Messiah says that people, they, they're, their lips are with me, but their heart is, is far away. They don't, they're not really sincere. All right? You can pretend to be a Christian. If you're, not, if you're not really a Christian, you're not going to be welcome. In Muslims, the, the, for the Muslims, they don't seem to care. You're going to say you're a Muslim. They don't care what you are. You can be a Satanist. It doesn't matter. As long as you show up, pray to the, as long as you show up at the mosque and, and go to the east and pray, I don't know how many times they pray a day, but as long as you go through the motions, good enough. This is a completely different faith that relies merely on conduct and obedience rather than heartfelt sincerity. This is not a small thing. The two faiths, the two resulting cultures are not compatible. They will not, you know, they call this country a melting pot. Muslims aren't going to melt into this melting pot. They are going to stay distant and separate and apart until they pick up some rifles and decide to shoot some people. I'm not saying that for yeah. all Muslims, but I'm saying it for the devout Muslims. Uh, from my perspective, that is the way it appears to be. We got a comment in, and it's really true. You know, we're talking about how these governments or the people seem to be turning right. And, it, and it's true about Canada. They dumped a conservative go government under Harper and brought back a leftist, Trudeau, to Ottawa. And he goes on and says, and just because the population moves to the right on security doesn't mean it'll move right on economic policy. That's what I was trying. And as far as for Venezuela, when you're a nation that produces one product of value, oil, and the value of the product collapses, people will turn against the government simply because their pocketbooks are in agony. I agree. And he talks about Trump is his right about Muslims. Uh, he says 2016 could be 1980, especially if, heaven forbid, there are more attacks. I agree with him. You know, I mean, we live in interesting <laughs> times and potentially dangerous times and certainly unstable times. I mean, who can really predict what's going on? Does anyone listening to this, can you tell me what's going to be going on <laughs> six months or 90 days from now? There is no confidence that I'm able to see in making predictions. They are bets. We're not making predictions. We're not saying this is, what, this is what's going to happen. This is what we can expect. We're just making bets. Let's take, a, let's take a commercial break, Melody, and we will be right back on Financial Survival. Please stay tuned.
Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663 or thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and we've got a caller, Wayne from Texas. Wayne, what up? Oh, now, much, Al. How's it going? Good. Can't complain. How are you? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Um, I want to make a couple comments, if I could. Um, you know, first up, you're just talking about uh, some of the media and how they're reporting um, the issues with the uh, the radical Muslims and all that. And I do find something interesting about the selective reporting, how the media pushes public opinion. And the reason I bring that up is uh, if folks would really pay attention, and I'm sure some do, you know, there, there literally have been thousands of Americans killed by illegal aliens, either through outright murder or, uh, you know, uh, drunken driving, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And there's been barely a yawn in the national media because it's all spread out and happens, you know, like over a period of time. But I think Rep- Representative Stephen King out of Iowa, did a report one time with his staff, and they said on average 25 Americans per day die at the hands of illegal aliens. That report's a few years old, but it shows, though, that we've been uh, under quite a bit of stress with these invaders for quite some time. But, again, because the national media didn't make it an issue, uh, I guess it wasn't one. the national media. I mean, you're right about the national media, but the national media is not operating contrary to the will of Washington, D.C., one way or another, there is collusion here. We're own government is saying, oh, it's okay if they kill Americans. We're going to let the illegal aliens come in this country. Our government won't defend this country. Our government won't defend us. And now we find that we've reached a point triggered by 
the problems out in out in San Bernardino, California, where people are saying, "All right, you're not going to defend us; we'll defend ourselves." Absolutely. And yeah, the media I believe that is complicit too. in this. Yeah. And there's going to be a reaction. Yeah, and the point I wanted to make, uh, you know, primarily is that um, this collusion between uh, both political parties, the media. And the financial community is pretty apparent. Now, I'll give you one yep. real good example. Uh, you were talking earlier about uh, Draghi and the jobs report and all that. And, uh, you know, the stock market jumped, you know, 300-some points late last week. And it was based yep. on 211,000 jobs for November, and that's on top of 298,000 jobs in October. But to look at the real figures for November, uh, first-time unemployment claims totaled one point. 07 million people. So in the same time frame, they're saying 211,000 jobs were created. Over a million people filed for unemployment for the first time. Yet, you know, they come out and give us this crap about 5% unemployment, and, uh, you know, everything's just cruising right along. Uh, same thing in October. Uh, over 1 million people filed for unemployment for the first time. So that's almost three or four times what they reported as jobs created. So that's pretty significant when you see that this type of nonsense is going on as far as financial reporting. We all know that the true unemployment rates are close to probably 10%. If you listen to shadow stats, it's probably over 20%. And I just think, uh, you know, people really got to get tuned in as to what's going on here because you've got this, uh, you know, a four-corner press against us from, you know, again, the political parties and other people I mentioned. You know, I don't think it's just a question of people being tuned in to what's going on here in terms of being able to articulate every little problem that's happening in this country. But I think what people really are tuning into is the fact that the combination of government and media lies to us and lies to us and lies to us. And even if we don't exactly know what the truth is, we do understand when we're being lied to. And eventually the weight of those lies builds to a point where people say, I'm sick of these liars. You know, I remember President uh, Obama, he made some comment when he was talking to his, oh, whoever was running the church he was attending in Chicago. I can't remember the guy's name anymore. And he allegedly sat down with him on one of the, the pastor at one point in time. And he said, your problem is you don't know how to lie. <laughs> and Obama regarded that as a big disability. You've got to be able to lie to people if you're going to get anywhere in this world. That's exactly what we don't need. And yet that spirit of lying has dominated his administration, has dominated the news media during his administration. It wasn't the first administration to be characterized by lies or the first administration. But he brought it as about as big as it can get. Who believes anything Obama says? Does anybody? Yeah, crazy. It's crazy. And, yeah. and i tell you something that really uh, jumps out at me, too, is um, the collaboration between both parties, where I just gave an example of just outright lies from our unemployment figures. And you would think the Republican Party leaders, if they were who they say they were, would be yeah. jumping all over this and jumping up and down saying, these people are lying, this economy's in the tank, you know, you need to re- uh, elect us. But basically they're I quiet think. about it, except for occasional outbursts from some people. But, you know, again, it's the same thing. It just shows the collusion and, uh, you know, the way these, these folks are mobbed up, just like two criminal, uh, you know, two crime uh, families. I agree with you. And the one exception, the one big exception, who's at least trying to tell the truth is, is Trump. 
And I think that's part of the reason he's so popular. We get You listen to the guy, even if you don't. I mean, there's things Trump says from time to time that make me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but on the other hand, the guy's telling me the truth. Even if I don't agree with him, I'm at least getting the truth from this guy. In other words, his opinion of the truth, he's like, well, this is what I think. Okay, I can work with that. But from Obama, what I get is, here's what I think will bamboozle you. Here, we're, these are the lies that we've tested. We've, we've done surveys, and we know that these lies will fly, and you are likely to be dumb enough to believe it. And that's what bothers me. Uh-huh. That just aggravates me, and I'm thinking that the rest of the country is beginning to think much the same. I'm saying, get the liars out, which leaves yeah. our politicians, they're dumbfounded. What do they say in the debates? <laughs> if they can't swap lies, what else do they have? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know? And uh, well, you've been a part of the you know in the front of the truth movement for a long time. You know, your magazine Anna Scheister was you know colossal, uh, you know, uh, success as far as you know the, the truth it brought out on the finance and the legal system and the toxic currency that we we have to deal with. And uh, you know, I'm glad some folks are finally waking up. You know, I feel like there's been a lot of long-term damage done. We we'll have to you know deal with the effects of all that, but. Basically, I guess sooner, you know, better than, you know, sooner than later, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I'm not just glad that people are waking up, and thanks for the compliments and the reference to the anti-shyster, but I'm not just glad people are waking up. I am proud. It's not just a question of people waking up, per se. I am proud that people are beginning to stand up and say, wait a second, this is our country. We're not going into the North American Union. We're not going into the New World Order. We'll handle things on our own. Thank you. Now, get out of here. People are beginning to, there is a restoration in politics right now, and patriotism. There is a kind of restoration, or there's evidence of it. It, it, Watch and see how far this manifests. But it looks looks good to me. It looks promising. It's not just, oh, I read a book. No, not that. Something's happening in people's hearts. Something's happening in people's hearts where they're saying, I'm going to do what's right for the United States of America. And you get in my way, and you will be sorry. That to me oh, exactly. is yeah. glimmers of yeah. that, and that makes. Oh, and I, and I think too the fact that many people have lost jobs now; they're not as comfortable as they used to be. I mean, usually it's either fear or uh, some type of uh, you know situation like that that really prompts people to movement and to really take off the blinders. And that is one good thing that's happened here, you know. And um, the fact that they you know they see their uh, their 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 whole their family's potential lifestyle. Uh, being trashed is this uh, if we continue down this path, you know, is really good impetus to wake up and say, hey, what is really going on here? And I look forward to the day when they really see, uh, you know, what's going on with the money system and and how, you know, this fiat currency has robbed them of their labor and their property. For one, as well as the fact this uh, this communist manifesto has been adopted across the board by our government. If you look at the yeah. various elements of it, so uh, again, I just think there's hope uh, as much as a as anyone right now. There is, our government is complicit in our destruction. You know, if we were being destroyed because as a nation we'd done stupid things other than elect Republicans and Democrats, if we were, we ran out of wheat, we had a terrible harvest, we had, I don't know, there's a million things that can happen that you could say, okay, this is, this is, oh my gosh, we've got a terrible problem, we have to solve this. Our problem is Washington, D.C., 
Our government is working for the destruction of the United States of America, and it's doing it by trying to move us into a North American Union with Canada and Mexico. They're flooding the country with Mexicans in order to make a fait accompli where they say, oh, there's so many Mexicans here, we can never get rid of them. If you're here illegal, you're going home. And you can go home easy or you can go home hard. But you're going home. And those of you that are illegal better start planning. Pack your bags. Get out while the getting's good. You wait long enough, and we're going to ship you out in boxcars. All right? Uh, People are beginning, hey, America, America, America. Maybe it's coming back and all by itself. That just makes, oh, my gosh. I wasn't sure we'd ever see that again. Wayne, you understand what I'm saying? I wasn't sure that we would ever see America stand up on its hind legs again, and it looks like maybe we're about to see that. This 2016 election is likely to be something unlike anything we've seen in this country in 50 or 100 years. We're coming into something we we need to make sure it's not stolen either, like I believe the last one was, um, and I can call back some other time, but there was a 1981 court case that uh, Republicans signed um, to where they would not uh, push for any audits of voting in in minority precincts. had to do with Uh, voter intimidation, and I don't have all the information right now, but... uh, Well, you've got to be politically correct, and you've got to let anybody who's a minority, a Muslim, whatever, oh, we've got to bend over backwards and surrender our country to accommodate the minority. No, we don't. No, we don't. You want to be in this country, you're going to live according to our laws. We're not going to live according to yours. And that may be an idea whose time is coming. You know, one of the things that everybody who's listening to this, if you agree that 2016 is going to be an extraordinary election, you have to recognize that Donald Trump can't do it all on his own. There are a lot of people who are listening who are competent to run for public office. And it only costs, I don't know, I don't know what the, I don't even know what the filing fee is. Might cost you a couple hundred dollars, but you got to get in before the end of this month. Got to get your name in there before the end of this month. And I understand it's a long shot, and I understand, but just the same. If enough of us run for public office, some of us will get elected. And they can be allies to Trump and to a movement that's trying to restore America. Otherwise, if we just sit back and let Trump do it, Trump's going to be overwhelmed. He's still going to have a Congress composed of Republicans and Democrats who regard him as the enemy rather than the president or the leader. So, you know, you got a week or two to make up your mind. It's a you know, peculiar idea, strange idea. Sign up. Put your hat in yeah. You know, run for county commissioner, run for state senator, run for whatever. I don't care. Put your hat in a ring. It may be that it would be a wonderful thing for this country if enough people, I know that most of us won't get elected, I understand that. But it doesn't matter. The fact that we even run is we'll set an example for the next election in 2018 and 2020. This politics is not a one-time event. We have 2016 election, then it's all over. No, the 2016 election will help determine the 2020 election and the 2018 election. What happens now, even if you lose, you are casting a kind of vote for what's going to happen in the the next election or elections. It's a process, not an event. 
and we should all be involved in that. What else, Wayne? Yep, yep. All right, thanks, Al. All right, Wayne, thanks very much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, we're down to where we got about 60 seconds left, Melody. Well, that means it's your turn to talk. Yeah, I want to thank Wayne for calling. Uh, you know, he was a, a great caller. We we do all have great calls uh, from all of our listeners. So just remind folks to give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. we got some great prices on coins, on American quarter-ounce gold eagles. Uh, we have them going for $299 today. So give us a call. And um, I guess we'll be back tomorrow with Wendy Wilson, Apothecary Herbs, for the first segment of the program. All right, Melody, you're you you you're supposed to talk for another thirty seconds though. I got another thirty seconds. Mm, and now it's twenty five. <laughs> Try not to go to twenty six, but get to, we well, okay, now it's it's twenty. Twenty seconds. You're not gonna say anything? I can't. You can't. You would never allow me. me down, Melody. I know. Um that. <laughs> all right, folks, we are out of time. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. Hope you'll tune in at that time. In the meantime, may the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, and Wayne from Texas. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. running out, jobs leaving the
the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence. Donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. kind of caught up on me there, crept right up on me. My, I am your host, Jay Shanahan. This is the Condition Critical Show. This is my live show for Tuesday, the eighth day of December 2015, and it's about four minutes after 2 p.m. It really is. I mean, it was just about a quarter to two, just a second ago. I was uh, Actually, this is the second time I've been kind of startled in the last minute or so. Frank had... Uh, as he, you know, does, he calls me on Skype before the show, and I had my headphones off, and then I see, and the volume was turned down, and then I see I'm getting a call, so i got to fumble for my headphones, and, and the next thing you know, it's time for my show. It's just funny how time flies. So, 
Anyway, folks, I uh, hope you're all doing well today. Again, I am your host, Jay Shanahan, and I hope you got all that. You are listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. Go to the chat room, go to theamericanvoice.com, and then go to the chat room. And there's some other fine folks in the chat room, and they're chattering back and forth as I speak. And you can do the same thing. Let me get a couple of things out of the way, as I like to do. Please go to my website, conditioncriticalshow.com. That is conditioncriticalshow.com. And what I will do is I will post that link to my website in the chat room. There it is right now. And when you go to that website, which is conditioncriticalshow.com, just like my show, you can find my blog. And on my blog, you will find lots of good articles, uh, mostly written by me. But you know what? There's a couple other people that do some writing on my blog as well. And there is actually a, kind of a newer post on there, if you go to my blog, from a, a new writer to my blog. And it's, it's a very good article. I encourage you all to go there. And there's other good things uh, on my blog. There is a resource page that you can go to, and there's a lot of links there that you can, some interesting stuff, some stuff that you might not be aware of. Go check it out. There's also a media page. Uh, check that out. Uh, let me look at that myself right now. And make sure that's the one I'm talking about. Yes, and there's a couple of, I think I mentioned it last week, uh, the first two videos on there are pretty interesting. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm guessing that you would like those first two videos. They're rather short. I think one of them is about 17 minutes. The other one's about a half an hour or so. Uh, check those out. I don't know, uh, you know at this moment what I'm going to do with the videos and the stuff that is posted on the media page. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep that up there. Uh, you know, permanently. So you might want to check that stuff out. I mean, I, I, there's no danger of that coming down, certainly today or maybe probably even the rest of this week. But just so you know, uh, I'm, I don't know if all that's going to stay up on there permanently. So you might want to just check that periodically. There's some, there's some good stuff on there. And, and, of course, the blog. And if I go to my blog right now, there is something, the initial, the first article on my blog is uh, something I'm going to talk about if I get time later on in the show. And, and then the, the, uh, the, the, the next article on, on, in my, on my blog is from a new writer. And the title of that is called Send, Send Them to Allah, Jerry. And then you know what I'll do? I will just... Uh, I will just post a link to that that article right now. I think you might enjoy it. It's very well written, and then, like I said, it's a it's a it's a good addition to my chat room. So, and I see my levels are a bit hot. So, let me just turn that down just a bit, and turn that down. Let me know how that sounds, guys. Uh, there is the, the uh, link to. This is a new writer to my blog. And like I said, it's a very well written, and it's uh, it's just a good addition to my blog. So anyway, guys, conditioncriticalshow.com, go there. And let's see, the second thing that I like to do is post the uh, donate link for this network. Give me a second, and let's see if that worked. Yep, that worked. There's the donate link for this fine network. AmericanVoiceRadio.com, and it's real easy. I say it every week, and you know I'm looking at it right now, and it's very simple. 
So go there and, and please do that. So, okay, guys. Hope my levels are okay. I saw Spudman is still hot. Spudman is saying in the chat room, I've got my uh, I've got my gain really turned down quite a bit. I'm guessing if I go down too far, you won't hear me. So I will maybe just turn that down a bit. And it could could just be that way. You know how electronics are. Sometimes they just want to do what they want to do. So, all right, guys. Well, let's just get right into some things. Uh, you know, what's the word of the day, really? You know, what's what, what's everyone talking about, obviously? Well, it's, it's Donald Trump. And I'm sure everybody's sick and tired of hearing about it. I mean, because to me... It just doesn't make any sense with, with everyone. It's everyone is coming out against Donald Trump. Everyone is coming in. Not right, left, Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. They're all just going after Donald Trump. And why do you think that is? Can I get – well, let me do this. 1-800-932-1980. If you have if – if you can pin down – because I believe I have – I, I believe I know why. I believe I know definitively why everybody is coming down on Donald Trump. But I'd like to maybe see if you guys in the, uh, well, not just in the chat room, but here on this network and, and my listeners can, are kind of, you know, following the same, you know, kind of train of thought that I am. Why is everyone coming after Donald Trump? one eight hundred nine three two nineteen eighty. And look, I know that it's, it's just all they're talking about. It's it's all they're talking about. And it gets and I'm sure everybody like I said is just sick and tired of hearing about it. And me too. You know, you turn the news on like I do because I drive truck and I say it every week I get got to get a traffic report and I hear all this all these nitwits commentating on what Donald Trump said and how he's a racist and how he's what did Lindsey Graham say? Of all people, okay, let me find what Lindsey Graham said here. Lindsey Graham said, if I can find his quote, and for some reason, I think I have lost it. Well, what did he say? It was pretty inflammatory, even with Lindsey Graham said about Donald Trump, but it's the same thing. He, You know, he's... Uh, He's a hateful person, and you know he's a, an Islamophobe, and and he's a he's a reprehensible. All this negative stuff that, that Lindsey Graham is saying. When at the same time, Lindsey Graham has come out in the past. Now, Lindsey, this is a quote from Lindsey Graham, and I don't know why I bring him up, only because I remember him saying this, and this is something he said: "Quote: The whole world is a battlefield, and radical Islam is everywhere." He said things like that. At the same time. He here's another thing. We're letting our defenses down. We're not acting like we're at war anymore. This is what uh, Lindsey Graham has said in the past. And all Donald Trump is really saying, and that's all he's saying. He's not doing it in any other way. And I've seen him. I've heard the quotes. I've heard him quote the quotes. I've seen video of the guy. He's he's not animated. He's not. It doesn't. He's just saying something matter of factly. It's like, hey man, look, uh, we're at war. And it doesn't seem like our politicians or our representatives kind of get that. You know, we got to figure this thing out. That's what he's saying. So, and I happen to agree with him. And maybe not just because of the fact that, you know, we're at war with them. Because I'll get into that here in a second. But I agree with him just because I don't think they belong here, period. 
I don't think that they don't belong here, period. Muslims don't belong here, period. That's it. That's all there is to it. They're not American. They're never going to assimilate into this culture, ever, ever, ever. So why would we let them in this country, other than to maybe come over here, maybe, maybe to come over here and maybe visit? Maybe. You know, <coughs> excuse me. And I don't even think that's an option any longer. And that's not all necessarily their fault. That has lately become our fault. There's this chatter on the radio now uh, from commentators. I was leaving work this morning. Of course, they got the news on. And the big, all the talk is now is, what, when did these two uh, Muslim savages that shot up the San Bernardino Community Center, when did they become radicalized? And I heard that. That was when I came in this morning to the, to the lunchroom. I heard that. And I said out loud, I'm like, are you kidding me? When did they become radicalized? Well, that's a dumb question. What do you mean, when did they become radicalized? You mean, uh, how about like when they dropped out of the womb? Is that maybe when they became radicalized? But at the same time, what difference does it make when they became radicalized? Okay, how about this? Let's say maybe that was a bit extreme by saying they became radicalized when they dropped out of the womb. Maybe that was a bit extreme. How about this? Maybe they became radicalized when the United States, like, bombed all their, all their villages all their towns and cities. How about that? Maybe that's, maybe that's when they became radicalized. I mean, wouldn't you become radicalized? I think I asked that question last week or the week before. If not, I'm asking it now. What do you think? Do you think you, sitting there right now, listening to this show, if the United States government just bombed your house, do you think maybe that would tend to radicalize you? So, there you go. Maybe that's when they became radicalized instead of dropping out of the womb, and that probably was the case anyway. But again, certainly if it wasn't, I would think having your towns and your cities and your countries bombed, just incessantly bombed for no reason, just because, I think that would tend to radicalize you. But again, beyond that, these are Muslims. They don't belong here. I don't know why anybody would listen to these people like that are the, the, the spokespeople or the chairman of the American Islamic, uh, whatever that organization is that you, that you hear quoted all the time, and they'll bring these spokespeople on to, like, Fox News and all these different news organizations and get quotes from them and listen to them talk about how, how racist it is and how wrong it is that, that all Muslims and, you know, get you know, painted into this one picture. Look, if you were to pull up... And I haven't done it because it, it's, you know, it doesn't, it's just, it, it would be, why? Pull up like the top 100 terror attacks of, terrorist attacks of all time. And, I, you know, I would venture to guess 80, maybe 90% of those attacks would have been perpetrated by Muslims. So, you know what, Muslims, you know what, it's because you are radical. That's why. Islam is not a, a, a religion of peace. That has been well documented. It has been well said. It's just a fact. And, and again, look, I know this is old. Uh, you know, it's getting old to, to hear about this all day, to hear about Donald Trump being attacked because he, doesn't, because he thinks that Muslims don't belong or shouldn't be allowed in this country. That, that's, that's a given. We are at war. Lindsey Graham himself has said it. 
numerous times, numerous times, Lindsey Graham, who has come out against what Donald Trump has said, has said, stated numerous times that we're at war with these people. So why would you want them over here? Well, here's the thing, because they think, in their stupid, feeble brains, because they're nitwits, that there are what they call normal Muslims. Now think about that for a second, and they, they, they say that, normal. They're, they say there are some normalized Muslims or, or so forth. And I would have to say, well, wait a minute. If you're, if you're saying that, that there are normal Muslims, aren't you not saying at the same time that there are abnormal ones? Is it, you know, if you kind of extrapolate that out. But that's really beside the point. We are, for better or for worse, at war with these people. Like I said, for better or for worse, whether we started it or not. I'm not suggesting that if we weren't over there bombing their villages, that they wouldn't be over here. I've never suggested that. Never suggested that. But I have said that we would be much better off if we weren't over there. That's just a fact. Then, if we were all, like I said before, if, if we were here, if our troops were here, if we were defending our borders... I mean, like what, we, like what we're supposed to do, then we could protect our country. Then, and only then, should we go bomb their villages and their towns and their cities and so forth. But let's get back to why, if, uh, if, you, if you will. And let me go back to the chat room there. I was looking at, a, at an article. So, so what is it, do you think? Because I asked a question at the beginning of the show. What is it, do you think, that is... Uh, that is making all these people, you know, all these uh, commentators and politicians, like I said, on both sides of the aisle, left, right, Democrat, Republican, they're all coming out against them. And they're in a tizzy about it. And certainly the, you know, the, the cultural Marxists, the liberals, what we call in this country, the, the communists, the Marxists in this country. You know, of course, people like Hillary Clinton, you expect it as far as a politician goes. And then commentators like... I don't know, uh, some of the guys, the people on, uh, like Chris Matthews and these people like on MSNBC and Joe Scarborough, he, uh, he said something. He threatened to go to break. I had that article pulled up. I guess Donald Trump was on his show, and, and Trump, he just kept talking, and this Joe Scarborough guy's going, hey, uh, Donald, you got to, you know, let me talk, and you got to let me get a word, and you can't just keep talking, and if you do it, we're going to go to break. He's like, well, then go to break then, Joe. <laughs> That's what I read part, you know, in part of the article, and I'm like, you know what? You gotta like that. You know, you gotta like that. The fact that he doesn't like, he just doesn't let himself get bullied. He doesn't let himself get bullied by these nitwits. I mean, then that's what these people are. These Joe Scarboroughs and Chris Matthews and the, and look, all the people on Fox News, they're all nitwits too. They just have better looking nitwits, especially when it comes to the females. You know, it's like the Playboy Channel over there. But again, why, guys? Why do you think it is that of these that 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 you know? Factions on both sides of the aisle are just losing their mind. Well, I'll tell you why. It's, it's because it's now, look, it's unbelievable. It's this, this, this scourge, if you will, of political correctness. People don't know what to do with themselves. Even people on the right, this, political, this double-edged sword of political correctness has got people in a tizzy. They don't know what to do. They have no idea what to do. They hear something, and it sounds PC, and they, they have to automatically come out against it. Even if it's, you know, even if it's 
uh, you know, not in their best judgment. And even if they know it's not in their best judgment, they just can't, you know, they can't support it. They can't come out in support of it because, oh, my God, oh, my God, how do I touch that? So they have to say something stupid, like Lindsey Graham has come out and said stupid things. Of course, like I said, Hillary Clinton saying what she said, and you you can find all the quotes yourself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and I didn't before the show and I hesitated, and I was going to, but I'm not. You can find all the quotes. You know what everybody's saying about Donald Trump. And the reason they're doing it is because, man, they're just scared. I've said it before. We're losing this battle. I said it last week, I think even the week before. And I'll keep saying it. We're losing this battle, guys, on words alone. And there are two words at the head of all those words, and those two words put together are called political correctness. And it's unbelievable, it's, and it's actually funny to watch people just, I mean, people that you, like I said, that are supposedly smart people that have, now I'm not saying just because you have a degree or that you're college educated that that makes you smart, but you get my drift. You have people that are seemingly well-spoken, uh, very intelligent, smart, capable people, they just, they're tongue-tied. They have no idea what to do. They have no idea. They can't think now because their brain has just been cramped by political correctness. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't make any sense. And we're the only nation. We are the only nation that I believe that is suffering from that. No, not all of us are. Now, I exaggerate when I say there's only like 17 of us that aren't suffering from that. And so I won't exaggerate today. But I'll I'll say this. I don't suffer from that. I do not suffer from political correctness. I say what the hell's on my mind. I don't care who it offends. I don't care if it offends people. Because, look, I've said this before. There's a difference between offending people and being offensive, if you catch my drift. I try, you know, lately, recently, last couple of years or so, certainly the last, well, year or so, But look, maybe 10 years ago, certainly, 15 years ago, I was the other way around. I would blatantly offend people. I was offensive. And, you know, know, I'm not saying, well, it's just wrong, kind of. Sometimes, you know, you need to be that way. But my point is, is that, my point is, is that just saying something that offends somebody is different than saying, is different than, being offensive, if you catch my drift. I mean, if that makes sense. And that's where people get, that's where people, you know, kind of, uh, it's even kind of hard to describe, really. It's it's people get, they just get, like, tongue-tied, you know, because of political correctness. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is that if, if, if more of us, if not just me and more than 17 people just said, you know what? And, and look, I got a hand at the Donald Trump. I've come, you know, I've on this network in the past, I've kind of been a critic of him because he's running for office. Okay. And I'm skeptical of anybody running for office and I'm still skeptical, but at the same time, you know, at the same time, I got to kind of give him some credit here. The guy's not, he's not cowering. He is not, buckling, you know, under to this scourge that is political correctness. And people just are beside themselves. And it's offensive, and it's kind of, on one hand, and on the other hand, it's kind of humorous at the same time. 
not ha-ha funny, though, because, you know, this is a pretty serious, you know, we're in serious, you know, straits here in this country. We just are. And, you know, we might be too far in the ditch. You know, I've said it before. We're in some pretty serious straits in this country, and people need to pull their head out of their you-know-what and, and just, we, they need to stop it. Because it would just be so simple. It would be just so simple. Like I said, these people that, that consider themselves intelligent and, and well-spoken and, and that they're running for office and they, they think that they can do this country some good, how can, they, how can you do that when you're, when you're limited in what you could say just because of political correctness? That's how effective, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. 1-800-932-1980. You tell me what you think. Political correctness has stifled completely stifled speech in this country. Completely. I mean, we may as well not even have a First Amendment because people are just so afraid to say what needs to be said. Because the minute you do, somebody's going to call you an ism something. You're a this or you're a that. And nobody wants to be called that. Oh, my God, I might get fired from my job. My neighbors might uh, not invite me over to dinner and... And I might get kicked out of, uh, you know, the department store, and on and on and on it goes. And it's one thing, like I said, if you're just being offensive. That's one thing, obviously, that there needs to be some decorum, if you will, and some politeness, if you will. I get that. You know, nobody likes a jackass that just goes around offending people. But there's a difference, guys. Some things need to be said, and, and sometimes those things can be they can offend. And that's, that needs to happen. That's how you shock people into, look, when you, you know, when you tell your kids, you know, you know, to pick up after themselves or to brush their teeth or, hey, you, you left your dishes in your room after you ate or so forth and so on, you know, that to, to your kids, that might, you might be offending them. That might be offensive to them, but it still needs to be said. And that's kind of a, that was kind of a, maybe a generic way of putting it. But you get my drift, don't you? That's what's going on right now. People are just so afraid. And, and, and another, you know, kind of amazing thing about it is, guys, is that we are at war with these people. We are. It's not like we're not. And again, whether we started it or not, and we certainly have escalated it. Certainly, we have escalated over the last 15 years or so. At least, we have escalated this so-called war that has never been declared with the Muslims. Of course we have. So we are at war with them. And then for someone to say a pretty common sense thing, like, you know what, uh, I think maybe we should not let these Muslims in the country anymore. Uh, re- duh, really? No. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Really? Well, yeah, really. But apparently uh, he's the only one that gets it right now. So... I just thought I'd put that out there because it is getting, it's just really getting nauseating to keep hearing it. And it's the same thing. They keep rehashing the same thing over and over again. That and the other stupid thing I heard, which is when did these two idiots become radicalized? Anyway, guys, we're going to go to break. See you after the break.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LND, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Welcome back to the second half of the Condition Critical Show. I am your host, Jay Shanahan. You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. Go to the AmericanVoiceRadio.com. There you will find the chat link and get in there. There's quite a few people in there, and they're chattering away. Okay, uh, let's see. Go to my website, ConditionCritical.com, also. There you will find my blog, lots of good stuff on there. There's a media page, a resource page. Check it out, guys. It's, the website's really looking good, and again, I want to thank the person who's responsible for that, who will go unnamed. Done a great job on that. I appreciate it. Go there, uh, donate to the network. I posted the link earlier. I'll just go ahead and post it again. Here's the donate link for the network. There it is. Uh, and again, uh, conditioncriticalshow.com. Let me post my website one more time. Conditioncriticalshow.com, guys. Go there. That's my website. There you go. Okay. Let's get on with some things. First, the music. Uh, I don't often commentate on the music, but uh, I'm sure if you're, I'm sure you're all aware who that was. That was Stone Temple Pilots and. I was not a huge fan of STP, Stone Temple Pilots, that is, but they, they had some good music. And Scott Weiland is dead. He passed away, what, two, three, four days ago, whatever it was, 48 years old. Uh, just a shame. Just a real shame that I'm seeing that I'm... Yes, my website is conditioncriticalshow.com. There we go. ConditionCriticalShow.com. Anyway, getting back just quickly to Scott Weiland, he, you know, he, it's just such a shame. I think he was probably one of the best lead singers of a rock band uh, out there now and ever. He, the guy was just really good, but he had a problem with drugs. And it just, and you could see it over the years. The guy was always uh, very, uh, just, you know, he looked like a junkie, you know, he just looked like a junkie uh, most of the time. But the guy could still sing, and it's a shame. And, look, I don't know what his personal, what he had going on, and I'm not here to disparage a guy. I hope that he's in heaven. I hope that, you know, he found Jesus in the end, and I hope he's in a better place. That's all I can hope for. Uh, at the end of the day, it's no skin off my back. I mean, other than the fact that he was another human being and he's dead, you know, and I'm not trying to make light of it or anything like that. Uh, I'm just simply saying I, I don't know if he was a degenerate or not in his personal life. I really don't, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and I'm not really singing his praises, you know, I'm just trying to say that, you know, the guy was a good, he was a good singer and it is a shame that, you know, he just was a junkie, you know, his apparently his whole life. And at 48 years old, it just finally, you know, it's his body just fits it, man. It just, it's like, that's it, man. It's, uh, his heart said, or his liver, or all of his organs just said, you know what, uh, that's it, man. No more heroin, no more cocaine for you. And so he's dead. And so I thought I'd play a couple of uh, Stone Temple pilot songs. And that's some earlier stuff. Actually, I think both of those songs were from their first album, I think. Uh, I could be wrong. Some of you Stone Temple pilot uh, fans in the room might know differently, but... Uh, couple of good songs of course the second one is very popular and this and the first one is pretty popular too i'm sure you guys have all heard it but it's not as commercially played as interstate love song great song so anyway just thought i'd 
mentioned that, that Scott Weiland, I don't know if you guys know the guy died. He's dead, but he did. He died on his, uh, died in his sleep on his tour bus up in Minnesota. And, yeah, so he's hopefully with the Lord now. Hopefully with the Lord. Hopefully at the end he, he found God. So there we go. All right, so where were we? In the first half of the show, you know, we're talking about Donald Trump. And, and now Donald Trump's only saying what needs to be said. And everybody is just losing their mind because of political correctness. And that's really all it is. It's nothing more than that. It's just political correctness. And, you know, and Frank and I were talking during the break, and, you know, it's, it's apparent it, now more than ever. It's, well, at least it's becoming apparent more than ever that there aren't two sides. There isn't a left and a right, whether it's on the, in the political realm with the politicians or in the uh, media. You know, say Democrat, Republican, or Fox News and MSNBC. Let's take those two factions. Those are what normally, in the normal course of events, could be described as uh, kind of differing views, right? Left, right, you know what I'm saying, Democrat, Republican, Fox News, MSNBC. Well, they're in unison. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Let me get a drink. They are in unison in their opposition to what Trump is saying. So that proves, it just proves, uh, that... There is, there aren't two sides. There's just one side, and and that one side is them, well, against us. Those are really the two sides, and have been for a long time. Now is them against us. You have the politicians, both sides, you know, creating one, and then you have the media that that, that you know that the politicians use you know, to spout, you know, their, their propaganda and their lies and their disinformation against, you know, which is what they perpetrate on the American people. And Trump is just poking a big fat hole in that, that, that whole illusion. And they're losing their mind, guys. Just Google any, you know, news article about what Trump said, and you will just see the hysterics. Complete hysterics from the other side about what this guy's saying. Does anybody, again, I asked the question in the first half of the show, does anybody in their right mind think that we're not at war with the Muslims? For, like I said, now for better or for worse, I, I don't think we should be there either, but that's not the point. We're there. We're at war with these people. That's just a fact. And Trump is saying that, that they shouldn't be in this country. And he's even couching that somewhat. He's saying, look, man, you know, for the time being, he's kind of saying things like, you know, we, we're kind of at war with these. We need to kind of, you know, get a, kind of, kind of get a lay of the land. You know, he's saying things kind of just very, you know, I think in a pretty democratic way. He's, you know, being very diplomatic about it. But no, oh no, oh no, that's, uh, that's, that's politically incorrect to say. And... People just don't know what to do. So, anyway, now you can call in if you want, 1-800-932-1980 and, and dispute that or, you know, tell me what you think. But, you know, beyond that, I'm just going to let that go. Uh, I'm seeing some chatter in the chat room here. Let me just look at something real quick here. I see somebody said in the, something in the chat room about not with Muslims, with Islam. Uh, now, if you, which, if you what you mean by that is that we're is what we're we're at war with Islam and not with Muslims. Uh, 
Well, uh, okay, I'm going to disagree with that's what you're saying. I'm going to disagree with that. We are at war with the Muslims who who practice their, you know, whatever we know, their, their religion, that being Islam. I don't think that you can personally at this point in time, and look, anybody can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head here. I don't think that you can separate the two. We're at war with the Muslims. Whether or not they practice Islam or not, their religion is the dominant uh, you know, the dominant thing, if you will, the dominant uh, piece of that. And, and like I said, whether or not you know, a Muslim you know, practices Islam or not, I don't think is, 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 to me, it doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter. They're Muslim, and we're at war with them, you know, again, for better or for worse, and, you know, they shouldn't be over here. Now, look, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I said at the beginning of the show, I don't think they should be here anyway. But, see, I'm a nationalist, and that would, uh, you know, I don't think Mexicans should be here. Okay? I don't think, I don't think if you're not American, you shouldn't be here. Period. I'm a nationalist. Why would you let foreigners into your country? Certainly, why would you let foreigners into your country that don't want to assimilate? And the Muslims in this country, whether or not they're so-called normalized or not, have proven to not want to assimilate into this culture. Why is that, do you think? Well, it's real simple. It's real simple. And it's for the same reason that we can't go over there with bombs. We're over there with bombs, uh, cruise missiles, special forces, uh, poison gas, you name it. We poison their water. We poison their animals. We do all kind of heinous things to these people over there to try and convert them, if you will, to, you know, to, to at least Western-style democracy. And it's not working over there. So why would anyone in their right mind think if we let them over here and set them up all nice and cozy, say, wherever in this country, in some little town, that they're just going to assimilate on their own? When they're not doing it, it's not happening by force over there. You get, catch my drift? They're not going to assimilate. Period. That's it. They're Muslim. That's what they are. It is diametrically opposed to Western culture, Western-style democracy, period. So why would you let them over here? So Trump is right. He's, now, he's just right. They don't belong over here. Get them the hell out. He hasn't gone that far. I mean, he kind of has, but I'll go that far. I don't think they should be here, period. Enough said. Does anybody disagree with that? Does anybody in their right mind think that Muslims, normal or not, because I, like I said, I've been hearing that. Oh, normal Muslims. See, when, you, when, I hear that, I, when I hear that, and I've heard it numerous times today on the radio, numerous times I've heard that word, normal or normalized Muslim. And I'm like, okay, so you know, maybe I'm trying too hard, but when I hear that, that's implying, if you extrapolate it out, that there are non-normal Muslims, right? That's what, I'm cat that's what I'm getting. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They are normal. All of them are normal. They're normal Muslims. That's what Muslims are. 
what they are. You catch my drift? You can't have a Muslim American, if you, if you, if you will. You know, you've got this, uh, you've got this organization, what's it called? It's called the, some kind of Organization for Islamic American Affairs or something like that. And they have these, the, the, these well-spoken spokespeople that, that get up there. And some of the things that they say, and I'm not, you know, I haven't pulled any of them up because it's pretty offensive. It's pretty offensive to hear one of these creeps talk the way that they talk. Because they don't belong here either. They just don't belong here. I don't know why anybody, I don't know why any responsible commentator would put one of those nitwits on the air, you, you know, to defend his culture. I would have to say, well, wait, wait a minute there, uh, uh, Ahmed. What are you talking about? You know, this is America here. Okay, we, 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 we live by American ideals over here. This is Western kind of culture over here. You want to wear your burkas and you want to, you know, wash your, you know, your filthy feet in some, uh, you know, foot wash station in the airport. And, and you want to, you know, have some prayer rugs and, and, you know, and bow down and go to your mosques and all that. You ain't doing that here. You got that? You're not practicing your culture over here. This is America. Again, hey, if you want to come over here, you know, if everything was equal and it's not, but if everything were, and you wanted to, you know, bring your, your little savages over here to go to Disneyland for a week or two, I don't know. I guess I would maybe consider that. But, you know, maybe not. Some people you just don't let in your society, folks. Some people you just don't let in your society. And Muslims certainly should not be allowed into any civilized society. Any. And when I say Muslims, I mean from A to Z. I'm not one of these people that think there are normal Muslims out there. Because like I said, they're all mu normal. They're all normal Muslims. They're not Americans. Now, I can be offensive, you know, instead of just offending, I can be offensive and say they're all savages. And you know what? Most of them are. Most of them are just savages. That's just all there is to it. That's how they live. That's all they know. And certainly their religion is one of not peace. Not peace. And you hear that from these people in this Islamic American affairs. You hear their spokespeople talking about how their religion is one of peace. And it's been well documented, has it not? It's been well stated, has it not, that it is not. It's quite the opposite. So uh, which book are they reading out of? Are there two books? Uh, no, there isn't. There's only one. So they're liars, too, on top of everything else. These are, they're subversive, and they're liars. And again, anybody that would, but see, guys, political correctness. People don't know what to do. Even people that you would think or, that are conserv that would consider themselves to be conservatives, they don't even know what to do because of the scourge of political correctness. And look, guys, it, they're failing this country. Certainly the politicians, the ones that consider themselves to be conservatives, and Republicans, if you will, they are failing this country. The Democrats, the Hillary Clintons, you know, I'll put her at the top of the heap. They have failed this country long ago. There's no hope for them. But the ones that supposedly, you know, uh, are pro-American, 
you know, conservative and, and, and pro-Constitution and all. You, you know who I'm talking about. The Rand Pauls, uh, the Ted Cruz's, the Marco Rubio's maybe. I don't know. I think Marco Rubio's kind of a nitwit, but, but you know, he, he, he claims to be a conservative. Those people. <coughs> Those people. And it's obvious. It's obvious that they are failing this country. And it's obvious where their, where their, uh, their ideology lies. They themselves are anti-American. They themselves are anti Any Anybody in their right mind, anybody, and apparently, as far as, you know, people that are running for office today, it, apparent, it appears that the only person in their right mind is Donald Trump. Now, like I said, I've been very critical of him in the past, and I'm not saying that I'm necessarily changing my mind. I'll, con- I'll continue to be critical of him because he is he's become a he's you know he's become a politician and he's running for office and i think anyone running for office uh you need to have a healthy uh you know skepticism of and you need to have there needs to be some critical analysis there and some you know some critical you know thinking of that person but uh, but it appears that donald trump is the only one in his right mind at the moment about this whole thing <laughs> you know didn't didn't two Muslims just shoot up a, a community center? Didn't two Muslims just shoot up a community center in San Bernardino? Did that just not happen? And what is all the talk on that? Th- these commentators can't even get themselves to say it. They have to ask the question, when did they become radicalized? What the hell kind of a question is that? I mean, it's laughable. When did they become radicalized? Because they're so afraid to say what needs to be said. Hey, man, these people want to kill us. These people are are radicals. They are. When did they become radicalized? Do you see how political correctness is destroying this nation? Don't you see? These two people just shot up a community center, man. They killed 14 people, wounded a whole bunch of others. And the only thing that these commentators can do is ask the question with their hands ringing. Because that, that might even, oh, I could be called a, a racist. But when, you know, so though, when did they become radicalized? And, you know, and they're waiting for the, like the other, sh- oh, okay, that went over. Who man, nobody called me a racist. So they just keep saying it. Investigators are now trying to figure out when, you know, Ahmed and his uh, she-devil wife became radicalized. It's just unbelievable, guys. Say it. I want you guys to say it as you're sitting there right now. Say that out loud. When did they become radicalized? Go ahead, say it. I'll wait. Okay. How stupid does that sound? Like I said at the beginning of the show, they probably became radicalized when they dropped out of the womb. Okay, that's the that's the like the more extreme or more offensive way of putting it. But they certainly, guys, certainly, like I said, uh, have be, you know became radicalized, you know when their villages are getting bombed. Now, uh, you know now people will say, but this guy was a citizen and he's from here and blah blah and this and that. Uh, wrong, man. They're Muslims. They're never from here. They're never from here. I don't care if they're born here. That was a mistake on our part for letting, <coughs> excuse me, guys, for letting their uh, parents in, in this country. But they're Muslims. They're never from here. Catch my drift? 
They're never going to be Americans. Ever. Ever. Why do you think they call themselves Muslim Americans? Muslim first. Why? Because they're Muslims. That's why. All right, guys. It looks like I talked right up until the end of the show. So, yeah, show went by pretty quick today. Look, guys, I will be back Thursday, day after tomorrow at 2 o'clock. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Having said all that, yeah, show went by fast today, guys. Look, remember this, guys. I say it every week. Freedom comes from the sword. See you Thursday. Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing shortages caused by terrorist attacks natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze-Dry Guy today at freeze-dry-guy at landset.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I have seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are, at best, uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself 
and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Everybody, welcome to Freedom Call over American Voice Radio and... It was exactly 69 years ago today at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii that the Japanese uh, really couldn't be, now that we know the facts, accused of a sneak attack. I mean, when you look at what has emerged in the last 69 years, uh, we know that we had the Purple Code as it was called, of the Japanese, broken. Uh, We had uh, more than a half a dozen uh, actual uh, machines that could instantly, as quickly as the Japanese sent it out, uh, we knew exactly uh, what they were talking about. Now, uh, Admiral uh, Kimmel and General Short uh, on Hawaii They didn't uh, have a purple code machine, even though it was historically, going all the way back uh, to before the 1920s, a studied fact that if Japan went to war with America, the first target would be Hawaii. And uh, we knew, for example, that uh, we had been helping England so much in our Lend-Lease program uh, with Roosevelt, FDR, trying to keep his promise, we're not going to involve uh, America in foreign wars. That was the 1940 uh, election promise. And, of course, uh, we know how it turned out. The same way it turned out you know, back uh, in uh, World War I and even LBJ. Uh, made this statement, we won't send American boys to do what Asian boys ought to do for themselves. They all lie. At any rate, uh, it cost 2,403 American lives, and uh, almost half of that number was aboard the USS Arizona, which, of course, is still partially visible Uh, there in Pearl Harbor, and uh, there were 120 survivors who showed up uh, for the memorial today. Uh, you got to think, these people, it was 69 years ago, and if they were in the military, uh, you know, they're probably pushing 90. Uh, Anyway, we're glad that uh, they were still able, and 
so respectful of the more than a thousand aboard the USS Arizona. And the USS Arizona forms the tomb for uh, these uh, more than a thousand American seamen and Marines. They uh, have just commemorated that as the memorial for Pearl Harbor, and there's still oil that uh, comes up uh, from the ship. It was one of eight battleships uh, that was uh, either sank or heavily damaged by the Japanese, and uh, it is, like you say, I've been there, and you can still see the superstructure of the USS uh, Arizona, and so it was not a good day 69 years ago, and it was unlike uh, a number of other, uh, well, the second greatest uh, assault against America, a cowardly assault, was, of course, uh, on September 11, 2001, with the Twin Towers. And there, did we know? Yes, we did. Why? I say we, meaning a collective uh, intelligence organization within America and Israel, certainly knew. And uh, why uh, was it kept secret? Well, one, stock market, Wall Street advantage. American Airlines, United Airlines, they knew exactly uh, what airlines would be uh, flown into, and they knew the target, the Twin Towers. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Finner, and Smith. And so here we lose thousands of Americans who, like Kimmel and Short, uh, Admiral Kimmel's in charge uh, overall uh, at Pearl Harbor, General, uh, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think, Walter Short was the commanding general of the U.S. Army troops. Other people there, uh, Admiral Stark was head of the U.S. Navy, and they didn't have the Pentagon at this time. And General Marshall, George uh, C. Marshall, was chief of staff of the Army. Uh, Roosevelt was champion, was president. And uh, Henry uh, Stimson was secretary of war. They changed that because it wasn't politically correct to say we had a Secretary of War, so we made it the Secretary of Defense, which is Gates uh, today. But uh, you may uh, argue a bit with me about uh, America uh, knowing in Washington District of Criminals what was going to happen, uh, both on December 7, 1941, and uh, September 11th. Uh, of 2001. But I tell you, and I prove it uh, in my uh, book, My Brother's Keeper, uh, it's very simple to, uh, to see the evidence that has never really been investigated, where uh, you have this guy, A.B. Uh, Cromgard, was executive director of Central Intelligence, and he was a CEO of one of America's oldest 
largest brokerage firms. And, uh, you know, why warn people when you can make such a killing uh, at Wall Street and make such a killing when it comes to elevating the executive branch and taking away rights of the American people, empowering the government. And it was the same thing uh, back in the time of Roosevelt. We're helping England. Roosevelt had made the promise in 1940. And Australia... Uh, 72 hours ago, 69 years ago, Australia uh, told Washington, D.C. all about uh, the Japanese task force. It was headed to Pearl Harbor. But do they warn uh, Admiral Kimmel and General Short? You know the answer to that. No, they didn't. And England had two, we gave England two of the purple code machines. What are we doing that for? I mean, and not have one in Hawaii, which is our uh, westernmost uh, outpost where you have, I mean, it was a major base uh, for, and we had all, they had the whole fleet uh, in there. That day, there were 18 American warships that were either sunk or heavily damaged. Eight battleships, 118, I'm sorry, let me, I got to rethink that, 188 planes, U.S. Army Air Corps planes were destroyed. Most of them, of course, as you know, on the ground. And we just didn't have the defenses in Hawaii. We didn't have the information because we are so busy helping out England and we got to get involved in the war. Boy, you know, war is a money machine. All of the wraps come off. The government is free to basically do whatever uh, it thinks uh, it should, and all the Americans, of course, they roll up their sleeves, like you see. You know, they had uh, a league of our own, where you end up having wonderful baseball stars, Ted Williams. They go over and fly five fighter planes, uh, and the ladies take over baseball, since it was a great American pastime at the time. Anyway, it's just a you know a terrible breach of faith, and people would choose uh, to forget all about it. But we need to be reminded of it because it is the nature of government, and you know these things. It is not. It didn't start uh, with FDR uh, and Pearl Harbor. It's not going to stop with 9/11. You know, it goes way back into the earliest and grandest of civilizations where you ended up having uh, the uh, power, whether uh, it was a Caesar or whether it was, uh, you know, Alexander. You have this power that uh, wants to rule, 
and they want to rule completely and totally. And it has been the nature of government. I mean, T.J. knew, told us about it. You've got to watch government. Government needs to fear the people, not the other way around. And so today, uh, I'm not meaning for you to run out and uh, burn a Japanese automobile. You'd probably uh, find uh, a target uh, in a rich environment at the White House. Uh, I think it was back uh, during uh, the Carter administration or Clinton where they uh, were talking about Buy American and they did a a little new scan on the White House parking lot and found that most of the vehicles in there uh, were made by Japan. Don't do that. Uh, But be mindful of the fact that our government oftentimes allows these things to happen. Now, it's pretty interesting uh, because uh, we have this uh, wiki leak Now, for those of us, I have never gone onto the website WikiLeak uh, that is run uh, by uh, this guy, Assange, who apparently is an Australian citizen but lives uh, in Sweden. But it's interesting that uh, you've got uh, Assange, and uh, he is able... You know, through this uh, little PFC to get his hands on uh, hundreds of thousands of secret documents. Now, there is official use only. That's kind of like toilet paper. It's everywhere. Uh, Secondly, is confidential. Comes in a blue uh, bordered uh, wrapper. And uh, that means things that would prejudice uh, the United States if it were uh, made common knowledge. And then is secret. It's in a red border. And that is things that, uh, that would endanger the United States if it's known. And then the yellow wrapper is top secret. Now, that's the highest that we have. There are compartments. There's a thing called special intelligence, for example, which means that uh, you have to have the security clearance, like you are cleared for top secret. But you can't look at SI, special intelligence, unless you have an SI clearance. And that's also, for example, signals. Uh, communications, uh, crypto is what we have a clearance for, and uh, that is a special compartment all by itself. So you can have secret crypto, top secret crypto, and it doesn't mean if you have a secret clearance that you can look at secret crypto information. That's how we try and keep uh, our codes out of the hands of the enemy. Well, so far, Assange hasn't really released anything that uh, has uh, been of 
uh, grave danger to the United States. Assange hasn't uh, released anything that is at the top secret level. But uh, he has released uh, 250,000 pages of uh, secret information. Now, most of this information is just a chronicle, a Humvee on this day at a certain location uh, ran over a mine, and one American was killed in action. Uh, four Americans were wounded in action. It's that kind of coming in from all over the place, you can imagine, with uh, the numbers uh, that we have. And, you know, today, for example, it's uh, 1,418 killed in Afghanistan. This is killed. There are tens of tens of thousands, probably approaching 100,000, that have been wounded. But 1,418, 1,418 have been killed in Afghanistan, 4,429, which makes the total as of December the 7th at 5,847. So the most damaging uh, document that Assange has released has to do with the State Department. Because the diplomats, uh, you see, they, in, uh, in secret code, uh, they talk openly about our allies uh, as if, uh, you know, they were dumb, stupid, uh, manageable, this kind of thing. Uh, they talk about our allies as well, and not as well. They talk about our enemies probably better than they do uh, our allies. But it's gotten America in trouble because we've mentioned uh, diplomats have a number of things about uh, our allies and foreign countries that's been uh, proven to be very embarrassing. So what has happened, uh, Hillary Clinton, she is the secretary of state has gone to uh, overseas to Sweden and uh, demanded that the Swedes charge uh, this guy uh, Assange, uh, Julian Assange, uh, with uh, felonies. And uh, he now is under uh, indictment of two counts of rape and sexual assault by two different women. Well, uh, before all of this uh, happened, a relief of secret information about Afghanistan, telling the truth, something that uh, the media hasn't been doing, and uh, now he has embarrassed the State Department. And so it's like the IRS. Uh, they have gone after Assange, Looking at what, uh, and his uh, website is uh, WikiLeaks, and uh, Assange has surrendered today in England, and he was uh, put in jail without uh, bail because the judge rightfully said there's every reason to believe <laughs> that uh, you might... Uh, now take off, uh, you know, if you have a mind to, if we allow you to bail out.
And Assange certainly has uh, plenty of money. But Assange uh, wrote an op-ed piece that uh, was printed in Australia. Because Assange knows that uh, wherever he uh, chooses a forum to speak, it's going to make world news. Actually, I think what Assange has done, he has embarrassed the State Department with the truth. All he's doing is uh, feeding back exactly what the State Department has said, nothing that would uh, basically tell of uh, our secret plans to attack this or that. And he has done the same uh, to show how the war in Afghanistan is actually going, and uh, also in Iraq. So Assange writes this op-ed piece, which is printed in today's uh, Australian uh, continental newspaper, and Assange calls himself, and it's interesting, he's got a new term for what he's doing. He calls it scientific journalism. And what he does is he points a finger at Daniel Ellsberg. Remember this guy? This guy was part of, uh, of Nixon's staff, and Ellsberg is the guy who released the Pentagon Papers, which were secret, <laughs> but it told the truth to the American public about how the war was really going in Vietnam, and it uh, ended up causing... Uh, Nixon uh, to have to leave office, it ended up uh, that we had a president and a vice president that nobody had ever voted for. Henry, uh, Ford, Gerald Ford, was our president. Nobody voted for him. And uh, Rockefeller was the vice president. Nobody certainly voted for him. And so uh, the truth is what uh, Julian Assange says, listen, it's scientific journalism. I'm just taking what is I can pull off of the Internet and the websites, the communication that the military and the State Department uses, and I am printing it. I'm putting it in a, a non-coded fashion, so that uh, people might know what the truth is. And he said, we are exposing corruption, which is the truth. And he says that uh, the media needs to start instead of, and this is true, American media has turned into a bottom feeder. Uh, they only print and they only talk about what the government gives them. You don't find investigative reporting anymore. Investigative reporting uh, was a wonderful term. And uh, if you re remember Deep Throat and uh, all of this, it was investigative reporting uh, that uh, caused Deep Throat to turn over uh, information that, of course, uh, again, it's all part of the Pentagon paper, the Nixon uh, corruption, and his downfall. So pretty interesting. I think Julian Assange personally is actively doing what uh, ought to be done. 
That's not endangering American troops. It doesn't. The, the enemy knows uh, what it's doing to American troops. The American troops know what's happening to them. It's made secret so that the American people don't know. And this coming from a career regular Army officer who uh, had top secret at time crypto clearances. And it's it's not easy to say, but it's the way that the government, and you know it is. And so it's interesting to me that it's kind of mafia style for Hillary Clinton to go to Sweden and threaten Sweden to get us. And we come back, we're going to have to take a little bit of a pause here. When we come back, we uh, will talk about somebody. There's no Santa Claus for Wesley Snipes, and uh, he will be reporting to prison. He's got to be in, in Pennsylvania, serving three years, uh, not later, starting than the 9th of December. He asked the judge, he said, could I just have the holiday and... Uh, the judge said, no, uh, you're going to prison, IRS crimes, failure to file uh, his income tax. All right, guys, stay with American Voice Radio. We will be right back with you. That is a promise. Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. 
What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at four or under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's one 800 To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. American Voice Radio, and uh, we were talking about Wesley Snipes, and I thought I would uh, give you a piece of advice. Now, I'm sorry to say that I am a person who knows a lot of wonderful Americans who are in jail, in prison right now. And I don't know Wesley Snipes. I've seen uh, some movies. Uh, He's actually done a decent job, I think. You know, I'm a martial artist, and I can recognize when somebody's worked hard, uh, you know, to perform martial arts as a movie actor. And I uh, appreciated Wesley Snipes. I 
Don't know what Wesley did wrong exactly, but he got three years. I do know uh, about a wonderful medical doctor, Ward Dean, down in Pensacola, who for six years as a commander in the Navy was the flight surgeon at the Naval uh, Air Station at Pensacola, Florida. And before that, uh, he was in the Army (laughs) as a major, and he was the first surgeon in Delta Force. And that's where I met him. And he is, I I can't tell you how, how wonderful and the contribution that he has made. He's a West Point graduate. He went to Vietnam as a as a ranger captain. Uh, after the war, he was sick about killing people, and he went to medical school and got an M.D. And when he got out, uh, I've I'm just one example. I never knew a veteran that Ward Dean charged money for. Anytime he saw me. Uh, Ward was saying, Bo, uh, come on in here, uh, you, uh, anybody that was with me. And he'd give us a chelation treatment. He said, you got to get this, uh, these uh, hard metals out of your body. File his income tax. Ward was following a guy named Erwin Schiff, who lived here. He's in prison now. Uh, He's been in twice uh, by the IRS. But uh, here Ward is, a very intelligent man, a West Point graduate. And I asked Ward, I said, Ward, are you positive? If you don't mind. Okay. We can threes. Uh, about Ward D. Chef. And I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make is that an intelligent man, Ward Dean, told me uh, I had driven to Florida uh, to do what I could to try to save. Uh, that little girl, Terry Schiavo, Schindler Schiavo, that they starved to death. And I stopped in to see Ward because I was worried about him uh, with this IRS thing. And he had uh, he had sworn to me that he had studied this Irwin shift from uh, A to Z and that it was solid. Well, I left uh, Ward and went on down to Pinellas Park 
And while I was gone, uh, the <laughs> seven cars full of IRS agents with machine guns uh, cornered uh, Wardy. He went to the bank. Uh, to, like, cash a check. When he came out, uh, they pulled him over with all these machine guns. He said, what are you doing? They said, well, uh, you were with Delta Force. You know, we're mindful of that. Good grief. I mean, he is a war hero. He is a regular army of the United States. So Ward would never do anything he didn't think was legal. The judge in this case in Pensacola, Florida, called, he's a retired judge, called back uh, to just handle IRS cases in Pensacola, put Ward in prison for seven years, even though the federal guidelines said five years was the maximum, which completely completely removes a, a wonderful man who saves lives. I don't know how many thousands of lives that Ward has saved, but he, that's what he does as a medical doctor. And for veterans, it took away uh, from us the ability to stay healthy through Dr. Ward Dean. What I'm telling you is it doesn't make any difference if you're Leona Helmsley and you own the Empire State Building, uh, whether you're this uh, Martha Stewart, it makes no difference. Wesley Snipes, they will come after you, and they will put you in prison, and they seem to enjoy doing it. Now, one of my good friends is out of prison, and uh, he ran the Christian Patriot Association, uh, and he... He and his wife literally could walk on water. They are such good Americans and Christian people. And the IRS was so rotten in that prosecution in Portland, Oregon, that uh, they sent, uh, they decided they were going to use me as the cause celebrate because. The sentencing depends on how much the government, the IRS, says it was denied. And so they were trying to make out as if they knew that, that uh, Richard Flowers and I were the best of friends. So they tried to make out as if I had laundered over $3 million through Richard Flowers' CPA. Well, they had the CID, which is the Criminal Investigation Division of the IRS, get a hold of me here in Las Vegas. And the guy, uh, I wouldn't meet him in the IRS building, but we met for lunch. And he said, Bo, uh, they've got uh, all of this hard evidence. They've got your signature on documents. And I said, this is crazy. I said, even in my intelligence operations, I haven't seen $3 million. I said, if you can show me, I'll split it with you. Or uh, I will give it all to uh, you or the IRS. I said, it's just simply a fabrication. It's not true. So he, being a good CID agent, he just uh, got a hold of Portland and said, send me the evidence you have. Bo Greitz doesn't believe it. And so he called me back down, and here are fabrications that were so infantile 
It was as if a kindergartner were to try and sign banking documents with your signature never having seen how you write your name. It was. I looked at him and I said, are you trying to tell me these are my documents, this is my signature? And he said, well, you know, it's Bo Greitz. And I said, it does. I said, you have got my uh, 1040s from the time I was a second lieutenant. I said, you go back and look at how I've signed my name from the very beginning. And he said, well, it takes a, a, a handwriting expert. I said, it does not. Anybody can look at it and tell that this is not even close. So then I ended up hiring an attorney and an investigator out of Oklahoma City. This attorney and investigator, it cost me about $6,000 or more, as I remember, maybe closer to 10000 But I was going to have the truth. They ended up presenting a document to the judge, Gar King, in Portland. He's the federal judge. And uh, that proved that the IRS had completely manufactured this. But this is what I'm saying. It's not good enough for the government to have all the power in the world. It's not good enough uh, for them uh, you know, just to present the truth and try to, uh, to put people who do violate the laws in jail. But they have to win at all costs. And the judge ended up chewing the IRS out, saying, you have deceived me. You haven't, you've given me things that aren't accurate. And, uh, of course, the IRS perpetually uh, is uh, writing me letters. They're after me. And I don't know if, listen, I am an American. I just got my driver's license uh, from uh, Nevada renewed. And it says, are, do you want to proclaim yourself as an armed services veteran? And I'm thinking, uh-oh, you know, they got something going here. Because they also wanted to know a ton of stuff that never before had been part of driver's license. So I think what they're doing is mini-me's the federal ID information. And they think, you know, if you're a, a veteran, then it's something that's a, a red flag uh, for police. Anyway, one of my friends, uh, he was a, a Cherokee Indian from Oklahoma, and he was in the detaxing business. And he uh, was indicted by the IRS in uh, in. Uh, not Fresno, but it'll come to me. It's that other uh, sound town that sounds the same uh, in California. And he wanted to disappear. And so I gave him a copy of uh, my manual on spycraft and said, here, uh, everything that uh, anybody has ever needed, you know, in the spycraft business, uh, you can read here in this manual. And so all of a sudden he did disappear uh, successfully. <laughs> and but he told me before he disappeared. He says, "Bo, I want you to now." And again, he was under indictment. He didn't want to go through the trial uh, in uh, California, and so uh, he dropped off the face of the earth. He told me before that he said, "I want you to think about this." 
He says, what money, do you, do you get money that's not, uh, you know, from the government? I said, no, uh, you know, I have uh, a disability. I have, uh, you know, my military retirement. He said, I want you to look on those checks and see uh, who it comes from. I said, it comes from the federal government. He said, now I'm going to ask you something that Jesus Christ uh, said. From Caesar to Caesar, from God to God. He says, if those checks are from Caesar, do you think that Caesar has a right to demand that you account? And I, you know, what he said makes sense to me. Now, I have trouble doing it because I don't keep records, and I, I am damaged goods. I have, uh, and I, the, the war has only made me more so when it comes. Uh, people used to tell me, my superiors, and I worked for the four-star generals over there as a commander of special ops. They said, Bo, you have got to turn in after action reports. And I said, no, sir, I don't got to. I said, I'm not living in the past. I said, right now I'm planning the next operation, and then we'll be executing that operation. I said, that is what's important, not what happened on the last operation. Well, somehow, and even on my efficiency reports, you know, it says good things about me as a combat uh, commander in special ops. But then it also says this man, uh, you know, hates with a passion uh, doing administrative details and turning in reports. And I've never contested that. That's the truth. And so uh, it means that the IRS can have whatever uh, they want. I didn't serve my country uh, even knowing. I didn't even know how much I made. I'd have paid them for crying out loud, to be allowed to jump out of airplanes and swim under the water, uh, you know, and be able to breathe underwater and wear that black and gold Ranger tab and uh, have that combat infantry badge uh, top of all the decorations on my chest. Are you kidding me? I'm an American soldier. That's what Westmoreland, if you look in his book, A Soldier Reports, you'll see the chapter on the American soldier. I'm very, very proud of that. And so the IRS can have me. I mean, the communists didn't get me. But what, I want, what I'm warning you is, is be careful. And maybe think about what, I'm not going to mention his name because uh, he, I don't want to remind anybody about him because uh, he has successfully uh, done what uh, the manual spycraft uh, shows you uh, in detail how to do, and that is be somebody else. I've been many people. Uh, a lot of people still don't know who I am. By the way, I need to tell you, uh, that today uh, Obama has cut a deal with the Republicans. Now, this is pretty amazing because the Democrats still control the Congress, and Obama is uh, a rat, 
uh, a Democrat, that is. And so Obama is sort of going against the House, which is Nancy Pelosi still until the first of the year, and the Senate, which is still Reed and will remain Reed, unfortunately. And Obama has cut a deal with the Republicans saying, okay, we will continue the George Bush tax cuts for everybody. That's what Obama has said. And, uh, you know, this is good news. And so the point is that Pelosi and Reid have been shocked at this because they consider that Obama has uh, committed a mortal sin in not asking them but going to uh, the Republicans and cutting a deal with the Republicans. He will sign the law. Now, the problem is... You've got to have, and what's going to happen is, there's a guy named Max Baucus. He's a Democrat U.S. senator. He's going to write the bill. Now then, the House and the Senate must have the exact same writing. So Max Baucus is going to write it in the Senate, and then the House will get a copy of it, and then both the House and the Senate have got to vote to have, and in Reed's case, the Senate has passed its own law that it isn't a simple majority. They have to have 60 votes, which is more than half. There's only 100 U.S. senators. So pretty interesting. And Reed doesn't know if he's got the votes. So it may well be that while, and a lot of left-wingers, Obamaites, they look as this as a defection. They look at this as Obama going around and uh, being sort of a Benedict Arnold. So this is uh, makes Obama look much weaker. And it sort of leaves Pelosi and Reid hanging in the wind because they need to support their president. And it means they got to now go to the Democrats who have fought these Republicans all the way through in Obama's administration and say, okay, guys, we got to reverse ourselves. Our president says, let's go ahead and uh, have the, uh, the tax cuts. Well, very interesting. So do you want the tax cuts? I mean, and if, if for example, Reed and if Pelosi fail to get this through and they expire, now when we have the new Congress come in at the first of the year, it means that they can bring them up again. And this time the House will be controlled by Republicans the Senate will have more Republicans, but still not a majority. But the, it'll be easier. But the uh, it'll it's not extending the Bush tax cuts. That will have expired. And so we're not, uh, you know, a lot of people are hooping and hollering, thinking that just because Obama said he would sign such a, a bill 
to extend, that doesn't mean that he has a bill to sign. Just wanted to let you know. Oh, so he has comp. It is interesting. He's compromised uh, with the Republicans on Capitol Hill. Now, uh, something I found interesting uh, with Israel. Uh, Israel has basically broken faith with the United States by uh, saying, if America is not going to attack Iran, then Israel is not going to go further with the peace process with the Palestinians. And something that I have been telling you all along is that you don't, and I give it as an example, Israel, don't think that uh, people over in Israel have uh, even close to the same rights that we do as Americans. Today, for example, Israel's rabbis are telling the Jewish people in Israel, do not rent or sell your property to anyone but another Jew. No property rent or selling goes to non-Jews. So what do you do? Do you follow your rabbi? Well, over there, uh, that is uh, the rule. And so uh, here in America, I think we should be very glad. We should be mindful today, and uh, don't forget the 2,403 members of the armed forces that lost their lives in an attack by Japan. Don't forget that Roosevelt and uh, these people in Washington, D.C. knew about this beforehand, and Kimmel, in short, in Hawaii, didn't. And then apply that same model to what happened on 9-11. And still, we need to be very, very pleased to be an American. And if you're wondering how much it uh, costs to raise a child, well, the government has an answer now. They've figured it all out. To raise a child from birth to 17 years of age, it takes $200,000. That's across the board, from the poorest uh, you know, to the richest. And they have also found that the use of cell phones by young people, I mean very young people, can affect their behavior later in childhood and later in their life. And I told you about this uh, droid Two manufactured by Motorola, which used to be the premier name in communications, that guy they had on televised news looked like he was shot in the head with a 45 pistol. He dialed the number on this new cell phone, pushed the button, and this droid too, and it exploded in his ear. Now, it wasn't Al-Qaeda's doing 
This was coming. I don't know where Motorola. You know, it used to be that Philco and some of these things were American-made. Uh, well, not anymore. And so there's just so much that's uh, going on. Make sure that uh, as we, this is December the 7th. And so you need to be about uh, your your gift uh, buying and considerations. But you also need to start thinking, you know, because at the end of the year, uh, here comes this business uh, with the IRS. So start thinking about it. I got to do it. And... Uh, I don't want you to end up like Wesley Snipes. Now, he has a lot of money. And if you're listening to this program, uh, chances are uh, you are, you know, the average American. And you don't have a lot of money. But be aware of what's going on. We're still not out of the woods yet. Everybody's taxes will go up if this deal that Obama has made isn't approved by the House and the Senate. And they are going home on the 18th. So uh, we're looking at 11 days. <laughs> and to put a bill together and to have it exactly word for word and to have it pass, yeah, they can do that. But will they? Well, time will tell, and God knows. All right, guys, I want to uh, just wish you a good holidays. We never know what's going to happen. And um, I want you to stay healthy in every way. I still need to give you the rules for making New Year's resolutions. And so I will. So you try to listen to American Voice Radio, uh, and I'll come around again uh, tomorrow, same time, same station, and uh, I'll write that down on my notepad to do. All right, God bless you. Stay where you are. Of the green silver upon their chest, is our men, America's best, 100 Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w's.thepowerherbs.com. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. 
God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663 or thepowerherbs.com. If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.